NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. This episode is brought to you by Columbia Sportswear. It's snowing again, and that wind chill is killer. But you're not worried about that because you shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection. It's warmth perfected with tiny gold dots that reflect your body heat inside and protect you from the cold outside. No snow or chilly temps can stop you now. Go out anyway. Shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection now at Columbia.com slash infinity. The grade cricketer is a Twitter stream. It's about playing crickets at the grade level. Boys! Get a few today, did you? To be honest with you, I um, hate grade cricket. <laughs> uh, I went into to play for a team called... Um, the never Obviously, sharing's always a big issue, a big issue for, for young kids coming into a senior cricket team. Take it like a with it, please. Um, a bit of advice. Yeah. I refer to the great cricketer here and I'll say, this will do a little bit early. <laughs> mm, what a show, what a show, what a show, what a show. What a show we've got today. England have done something. It feels good. The series is over. Because none of this means anything anymore. There's no context to the series. Is it 3-1? Fuck off. Is it 4-0? Fuck off. It's not 5-0? Fuck off. I'm confused. Barney Rone is on the show. You have asked and we have delivered. Well, Pez has. I don't really do anything. Nick Larkin is also on the show. This episode is brought to you by Budgie Smuggler. Use the code CHAMP at budgiesmuggler.com.au. As is your want. As is your need. My name is Ian Higgins. Sam Perry sits across from me. And in many ways, I from him. Mm. Pez, Omicron is gone. We have the antibodies. We have the immunity. Do we? I don't know. <laughs> you ask a lot of people, it seems to have quite a few varying and unsubstantiated theories on what happens. I'm once fucking you've playing. Had it. I'm playing in the Oz Open, baby. Yeah. I'm doing something. Running Not around. Not doing anything else. Running around fucking nude, body slides. Are you storming around? Storming around, touching, licking poles, everything. Yeah, yeah. Anything. Well, well, Australia just one pole away from making it 4-0, but alas, here we are. It's nice to be in person. i just say that. But I'm sitting in this chair, as you say, so hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're sitting. Sitting in the chair hard. (laughs) You're sitting sitting the shit out of that chair. Oh, fucking (laughs) oath. And we're playing footsies, and it feels good. I feel right. (laughs) Whee! Okay. Uh, Now, England and Australia are Mm. embroiled in a test series. Um, that they call the Ashes. Do you have any overall? This mate, this was a great game of cricket. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed the game of cricket. Bit of rain around. That was a shame, I suppose. No result in the end. But in the last like two hours, uh, last hour especially, but all sporting events when a team is coming home hard and fast, that's that's when sport gets good. Like we love a come from behind victory. Thorpe and Hall, Freeman, a horse. Uh, Any other horse. events yeah. <laughs> coming from behind NASCAR. hard. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. Finally, someone said it. Uh, but it was exciting, mate. I felt some things for the first time in the series, basically since the series was over when Stark went round the legs of Rory Burns, who used to open the batting for England. Um, he may well again. He may well again. They're going to try one more combination. I feel. Uh, but it was good. It was good. Sydney was good. 
good test match, no result, but uh, but England played pretty well for a lot for a, a large part of the game, and uh, Australia also played okay. Well, it's popular to kind of have the reaction to the reaction or the backlash to the backlash, and like most of the, it seems to be that most of the reaction to this game is that we're meant to now get on our knees and say Test cricket's great. What sport? Mm. is so insecure that it needs to remind itself that it's good. Like, I'm I'm just mm. greedy and entitled. So I take it as a given Test cricket is good. I want to live mm. with Test cricket for the rest of my life. Mm. You know, there's a reason Test cricket endures mm. from the start. We were just going to get a coffee before. No reason for me to say that, but I'm just setting it up. Oh, and we were talking about why... A bit of fourth wall stuff. Why, the, you know, we're sort of not watching the BBL that much, but we will do five minutes on it shortly. Yeah, uh, yeah five. <laughs> if we okay. can get there. Yeah, a yeah. couple of dot points for, from the internet. But. <laughs> 50 over cricket seemed to have had it sort of a, had 40 years in the sun and now it's a bit mm. like eh, let, you know let's get 40 world, good years let's let's get a world cup going if we can yeah, if and, we can uh, where's the where's the money the bbl seems to, or the, the t20 cricket seems to be mm. about half that in bbl terms yeah test cricket though it endures you know like mm. I, ex- I expect test cricket to be good so mm. I, I, the game didn't finish and left and it didn't leave me thinking like oh i really love this format man i fucking i take it as a given i take, i go to the next step which is Greed about Australia not winning. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> You yeah. know? Villains. Benign in the fourth innings. Yep. Nathan Lyon, could Sock have done that job? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't care. Steve you know? Smith not spinning him. Hey, Steve Smith, why can't he get it out of the hand? And and yeah. that's a compliment to those guys. Yep. Like, Australian cricket deserves that. It deserves people like me saying, hey, where's the W? I had three before that. Yeah. I want another one, Daddy. Where's the George? Yeah. Where's the George? Hey, w. well done, England, all that sort of shit. Test cricket's great. Nah, it rains, I like it, it rules. No, nah, you're so yeah. right, mate. It's so it's insecure because we're now talking about how good Test cricket... It's like the Uber Eats app. Like, you you have one Uber Eats meal, or for mm. me, seven a day, mm. and it's like, how was it? Did you enjoy it? Can you tip? Rate, yeah. rate the experience. Can you let me fucking eat my burger mm. while I hate myself for a bit? Test cricket does pay its workers pretty good. Unlike Uber Eats. Uh, oh, well, I'm just saying. <laughs> Have they done There goes that us? sponsorship. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Know, some delivery service that probably underpays its workers. I don't know. Uh, um, sorry. Let's get into who was good and who was bad. I mean, Usman Khawaja was- Is um, that a new segment? I like it. Sponsored it by Uber Eats. <laughs> who was good and who was bad? <laughs> According to internet idiots. Um, Usman Khawaja gets mad at the match. He played his first test in a minute and mm. uh, he scored 200 and. Uh, 38 yeah, runs. Right. Yeah. Mate, do you remember Usman's first innings at the SCG, the famous 37 that was, and we thought, oh, we've got a player here. And then all those years later, he scores 137. Oh, the autist in me likes that big mm-hmm. time. That's 100 more than the first time he Bit of a lick of the tism there. Oh. <laughs> As we heard on Patreon. Someone said that on Patreon. <laughs> I got a bit of a lick of the tism. Uh, don't we all, brother? Mm. That's why we like we cricket. cricket. Uh, you see that footage of that bloke solving a Rubik's Cube at the oh, game? Yeah, so I good. couldn't have even yeah. scripted that. They put Pink Panther music over the top. Okay. There was also a bloke at the Big Bash the other night. We should say this for the Big Bash segment about what's going on. The bloke yeah. holding up the sign being like, I'm here for girlfriends or something. Yeah. Wrong sport, man. I did pitch to you before the show <laughs> that we just call him live and just call whoever's answering that number and say, how'd it go, brother? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. He's, he's obviously a balls deep in an orgy, so he wouldn't be able to pick up the call. Um, but yeah, mate, Kawaja, fuck, fuck, he played well. Oh my god, um, mate! As soon as he came in, he just looked like a. T- well, it's silly. He's obviously a test batter and has been. Well, Ponting sat and sat right there, over there mm. in that seat, the studio seat, and he said, "Usman Khawaja has been the best six batters for Australia since he's first played for Australia." I mean, he's proven right because the guy gets two hundreds. <laughs> um, but uh, I think the overriding feeling for a lot of people that 
it, very happy for him because he's a very popular player playing at the SCG again, obviously where he grew up in Sydney. He's obviously Queenslander now, but um, yeah, everyone's really happy for Rizzy. He's actualized. Mm. He seems to, you know, we talk about that in Psychology 101. Do we? You know? Yeah, we do, you and I. That's right. Personal actualization. He does seem to be mm. in that place. Yeah. And you must you must pick him. And yeah, there's heaps of ways to like let's not focus on the present and what he achieved in one game because as you and, and I and, and you in particular have correctly called out, it doesn't matter what happens now. Mm-mm-mm. It's about what that means for the future. Mm-hmm. The paradox being that once you get to that point, it's about what happens after that. <laughs> That's right. You know, it's a Noah's arcade game. You just can't get past level one. That's right. Know? Keep chucking those quarters in, baby. Hey, uh <laughs> Yeah. And I uh, I'm Still, still working out the Kawaja thing a little bit because, like, mm-hmm. I, I think even for guys of our vintage, he was mm. playing grade cricket when when we were playing. Mm-hmm. He was among the the guns. Mm. He's always had the tools and the weapons for you know for a class test bat. And actually, it's great that he's got two tons. His record is he's significantly improved off the back of those two mm. as well. So it's nice well, to see ink. him making good on what. He's got not that he hadn't before. Still average forty. It's a great mm, career. And mm. is he going to get a second, third act, whatever you want to fucking call it? Mm. I hope. I hope so. Mm. And I like the way that uh, a lot of the what do you, you know, a lot of the you know aristocracy of Australian cricket have been saying in the last two days on commentary about the delicate question of his selection versus say Marcus Harris or even as some are talking about Travis Head as well for the next test it's a, right. it it seems to be well understood that it might be a bit unfortunate for Marcus Harris who's making incremental strides mm. that he has to miss out but it is test cricket it's 200s you can't ignore them and mm. i think Pat Cummins, and I will paraphrase, at the end of the day's play yesterday, did say you can't look past 200s. And if that's not an instruction to mm. the selectors, then mm. I don't know what is. I, I think Kawaja will be rewarded, and that's fucking good. There's lots in Uzi's career. We're talking about this at uh, one of our dailies. Like, I don't think he gives a fuck um, about, like, um, <laughs> about what all this means. I think he's just happy just batting for Australia and scoring hundreds in front of his family. Mm. Um, and I presume many friends in the... Really? Uh, you don't think there's something underneath? That, that, that's my but that, biting but, thing but that, But that's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. Like, at the end of the day's play, he was like, well, I, I'm resigned to being dropped. Perfect oh, position. Oh, he's good at messaging, was he? Like, he's doing the stuff with like, no, nah, Jay and I are good. Exactly. <laughs> and, like, and, uh, I'm not sure about that. Mate, I wrote that on Twitter the other day, and I sort of, I wish I'd expanded on that. I'd sit down and I'd sort of, you know. You go on Twitter and span on stuff? Oh, uh, yeah, ex- exactly. You know, I go to bed and I think about it. I just could have just worked a couple of yeah, words there. Yeah. A few extra laughs, suffix there. Yeah, that's right. Mm. The point being that in, in like this society in particular, sometimes being generous or humble can be mistaken for weakness. So when Usman Khawaja intelligently says mm. that his relationship with Justin Lang is good, and we, we look, we do believe him, but at the same time, Cricket is a political game. Uh, and when he says, I expect to be dropped, because that's what George Bailey said or whatnot, then he's he's kind of embodying the, a, a sort of a humility and collective attitude mm. Mm. that should be rewarded. I'm not saying do the opposite of what he says, but that kind of attitude is further evidence for his selection and getting somebody uh, like him into the side. So though he sort of he's saying the things that George Bailey had said to him before, it's very clear that he needs to be in the side. Really, yeah. and I, I, and I think that he will be. I, th- I, it, it, you get into some fucking real rare areas where, like, I mean, cricket is a rare game anyway. About like numbers, and we'll get into some 
you know, Cam Green stuff in a second and Boland, but like Hartzer. But you know, oh, he's, he got dropped after it. You know, Gillespie double ton. You know, Brad Hodge. Oh, right. You know, yeah, uh, that that kind of area is about yeah. like guys who have been dropped harshly after succeeding well in Test cricket or whatever. Um, it's hard to it's hard to talk about um, Kawaja because he's indelibly linked to Harris now in in mm. this setup. So like, what happens next? So we'll just talk about like Marcus Harris because I agree with you. I think he's he's playing the best that I've seen him play in Test cricket. Mm. <clears throat> The age is a factor, I think, because Kawaja's 35 and then Harris is 29. He'll be 30 in July. I looked it up last night. Um, so, and Kawaja's just turned 35, I think. Yeah. He, he's, he's, a, he's young. Uh, he's, December, he's a baby. young 35. He's, he's, December, yeah. he's, he's closer he's, to 34, really. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. Um, so, you know, Harris has more longevity. Does that matter? Has Harris shown you enough at test level? What does that even mean? Like, not everyone needs to average 15 test cricket, but Harris has now played 14 tests and he averages 26 or something, 25, something like that. Has he shown enough? Like, this, he's, he's played some tough series. He's played India twice and he's played England in England. I don't know if you're going to get more of a cash in summer than this England team in Australia. And he hasn't scored, a, he scored 150. For me, like, uh, I don't know. It's just, he, he, he's by no means a bad player or anything, but I mean, how can you leave Usman out? even if it would mean Usman batting at the top instead of five where he scored his runs and where he bats for Queensland as well. Does he bat? Well, where's he bat for Queensland? Four for Queensland, I think. Uh, I don't know. Because uh, Renshaw's batting five. Anyway, um, I, I, even if even that's the case, that Usman has to go to the top, I think the team is just better. And I like Usman in the team just for more experience. I like what, what that means for the team. I think the team is better. Harris is also a noticeably bad fielder. <laughs> to sledge him unnecessarily but I think the team is better uh, but better for where better for you know because Usman averages 25 away there's know? a sleeper in the conversation I think and that is the return of Will Pekofsky I mean mm -hmm. at, with a 3-0 series lead the selectors can afford to be talking about investments and what it means for Asia and what it means down the track mm -hmm. I mean if you accept that Travis Head has locked number 5 for a while mm -hmm. And I think that's pretty fair after he's 100. Uh, Travis is going to give us other questions down the track, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. With the way he bats. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then, then there's one spot, really. Mm. And mm. That's, with, that's the opening batting spot mm. for, for now. And Pekofsky's said that he'd like to come back for Pakistan if he can score some runs. And I think mm. Tony Donamade kind of backed that up. He's got a few shield games that he can impress with. Mm. And don't forget that he... You know, he did make 40 on the weekend with, right. a, with a taped lid. Mm -hmm. And that was a weird week. That was a tough wicket as well. That was a welcome back to great cricket wicket. So don't yeah. forget that. Ha yeah. Kingston Hawthorne, yeah. good attack. That guy's strong this year. Really strong. Yeah, especially after Christmas. I think so. And uh, <laughs> They should, are they? I actually have not. <laughs> Ten years ago they were. Oh, okay. When I was connected to Victorian Premier Cricket. Okay. So, you know, yeah. sorry. I get a game. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so he's a sleeper as well. So what they, you know... It, if Pekofsky scores runs, then he's the future. So now we're talking about well, what does it mean for games down the track? Mm. I mean, Usman Kawaja's as good a holding player for the youngster coming through as any. Yep. So I do think it comes down to Kawaja and Harris and mate. I mean, with how many tests are there in Asia? There's like, is it mm. is it three, three and four? Yes, yeah, so it's ten. Something like that? Yeah, I think, I think that's right. Yeah, you think the Australian batting lineup's going to stay the same through those ten tests? I'll I'd say so. I'd be very surprised <laughs> yeah, if they yeah, all yeah. hold their positions. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, get them all over there and let them fight to the death. Cameron Green opening the batting, I like it. 
Yeah, maybe it could <laughs> so, look, it could look pretty funny. I got a feeling there's a couple of players <laughs> who we haven't even thought of that'll get games. Yeah, I reckon there's some laughs to be had this year as well. Yeah. Um. All right. Um. Boland. Yeah. Uh, still the fucking best ever. He was, yeah. he was Australia's best bowler, and yeah. and most likely England's success in this game coming back from four for thirty six in the second innings and in their first innings after conceding four hundred to to get a draw. Phenomenal effort. But after four for thirty six, what happens in the game? Boland goes off the field, and uh, and. Stark was probably Stark might have been hindsight. Maybe missed this game. Maybe as hindsight stuff. I mean, he's, yeah. he's the leading wicket taker in the series. He's bowled fantastically well. He looked tired. He looked tired. Um, and Cummins Cummins has bowled so well this series. I don't know how he's getting not getting bulk wickets every time he bowls, but uh, he was also he bowled he bowled some he bowled like a, about forty five minutes of short stuff to Bearstow and Mark Wood at the end, which I thought was really bizarre. I I didn't rate it. Seemed a bit England to me. Like the, I thought, Crawley towed him up too. In the second innings, yeah. Mm. In the, the fourth innings of the game, yeah, he did. But anyway, point being, Boland, Australia's best bowler for the last, well, probably two tests. Uh, wickets deluxe. Looks like he's getting a wicket almost every fucking ball. Um, this is really, that's that's a great find. Uh, even though he's been doing well in Shield Cricket for a while, but I don't think anyone saw this coming, nothing including will, him. No, nothing will ever beat the MCG for every single thing that it was. The reward for a guy pounding the ball into Junction Oval for, for 10 years or whatever it was. Yeah. The the Johnny Muller medal, doing it at home, six for seven, unbelievable numbers. Nothing will be beaten. Drunk people on the Frankston line just right behind him. Fuck yeah. Uh, however, if, if that had been his only test, it had always will have come with this idea that it was just this one amazing kind of circumstance that, that all came together at once. Uh, mm. He gets a second test, not saying that it needs to be compared to the first, but what he did was that he showed he's a test quality bowler yeah. and, and even more so. You know, it's real now with Scott Boland. Scott Boland an, is an absolute fucking asset to the Australian side. It's dangerous for Stark, actually. And it's so harsh again because Stark, again, leading wicket take have been fantastic this series. But, like, if when Hazelwood is fit. Now, Hazelwood's actually out for Hobart as well. So, Hazelwood's only played one game this series. I know. It's amazing. Um, which, which still feel like he can host himself, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. game. Yeah, the old um, yeah, The elite. Because, like, he's got, he did a side, didn't he? Yeah. Which doesn't bode well for Stokes, who's just in fucking agony. Yeah. Um, which is obviously what he does, but uh, yeah. Now, so you imagine there's some pitches in Asia as well where it's like if, if there's not a lot of swing about and well, Stark's, be- Stark's radar is not the same as a lot of the other guys. I mean, mm. Boland's going to uh, firm up, as I will too, <laughs> <laughs> just as a leggy option. Well, they'll probably just play – I mean, if Green plays, they might just play – they're not going to play three spinners, but they'll play two seamers, Green, and then – I think that's Green doesn't play. Green doesn't play ten tests this year, does and he? Mate, in, he in Asia? Not only does he not play ten tests, but you can also tell by the way they used him in Adelaide as well. Like they're, they're not going to pencil him in for like eighteen plus overs uh, in, in, in any innings. His body's still of growing. His body. Exactly. Now, he he might have the six years out that Cummins had. Mm. Like mm. so, the, the idea that he's this like uh, replacement for a quick mm. in Asia, where you can be out in the dirt and it has to be dirt that's right. uh, for two days. Mm. I don't think he's going to play that role either. So. Uh, thank God he's got some runs. Uh, there's some numbers going around about his record at the same stage with Steve Waugh, Flintoff, and uh, who else played? Oh, and um, Stokes. And his record after the same amount of games, he's got a better bowling average and a better batting average after, what is it, seven tests or ten tests or whatever he's played. It's pretty exciting. Like For a guy who, he's, I think he's mostly a batter in shield cricket, but fuck me, he's had an impact with the ball. Mm. And has have you ever felt safety since Hayden about a gully fielder? Mate, he covers some territory. It's amazing. The wingspan on it, it's like an albatross. And it's clean. Everything that he everything he nabs is clean. Yeah. As well. So mm-hmm. The ball just stops and you actually lose the ball in his mitt. Yeah. Fucking just 
just <laughs> arriving in safety. <laughs> oh, so safe. Oh, thirty-six. <laughs> um, let's keep moving. Uh, yeah, I think. Okay. I think. Uh, uh, I don't know. Carey. Yeah, I don't know. Carey will keep playing games, but he hasn't had a good series. I don't, I don't know. Whatever. Interesting one. It's going to be interesting. Got a key. He's got to go to. Everything's about going to Asia now, where everything's thirty times harder. Well, English is in the squad, but yeah, you don't change your keeper straight up though. You just got to give him some time, and is he keeping up to test level? Well, let's find out. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. Um, England. What was good about them? Quite a bit, actually. Well, one thing that was good about him, he goes, is that Australians didn't wake up with a taste of English blood in their mouth this morning. Yeah. So they got a result. And by that, it's like like in footballing terms, they, they got something from the game. Mm. They took something away. Mm. We're talking to uh, Barney Ronay in a moment's time. Um, so he gives a, a good perspective on it. But, um, mate, Bairstow was <laughs> – in many ways, Bairstow was the man of the match in that – he saved the game. Like, like Kawaja sets Australia up, and Kawaja was rightfully the man of the match, don't get me wrong. But without Bairstow's 100 in the second innings and without his 40-odd in the fourth innings, England absolutely capitulate here. Not great news for uh, Oli Pope, I suspect, who, uh, well, actually, <laughs> they've got so many injuries for the fifth test match that Oli Pope might actually play. But he actually kept well, Oli Pope. But, um, but uh, mate, Bairstow, that's, that's some seriously good batting in pretty trying circumstances uh, to save a game for England. And uh, not sure we've seen that before from Johnny Besto saving a game, you know, like uh, I mean, he's obviously got white ball form, deluxe shots all around the grounds, mate. He he fucking spanked Lyon with Stokes in the in the first innings, the second innings of the game. Um, took down Cummins, looked pretty stable. Gets a good gets a good ball in the fourth innings against uh, Boland. Gets caught at silly mid off weirdly, um, but uh, I think it's good news. <laughs> except they've they've been on this cycle with Butler and. Pope and Bearstow for what seems like two decades now. It's the interesting thing that, uh, and I'm just I'm paraphrasing this from uh, like like second hand, but Nick Compton made some remarks mm-hmm. online apparently, mm-hmm. saying that Bearstow was put out by the emergence of Joss Butler, and I know Barney's going to talk about this in a sec because we've already had that conversation. Mm-hmm. But that is an inter- that is an interesting thing that he was. He was going pretty well in his career, particularly as a keeper as well. And he was essentially like, he was asked to do something completely different to mm. enable uh, Joss Butler to be the guy. You know, they said Joss Butler was the was the most talented of the two. But uh, interesting, yeah, it is interesting. But but just just on Bearstow, I mean, that was an innings for just for now, just to enjoy for now. I mean, yeah. there's so much written and said about this innings around what it means for him. It's the anniversary of the death of his dad. This yeah, game, yeah. and he's he's a man who's great to watch, particularly when he's angry and there's a lot of emotion there with him and stuff. But what about just watching it? I mean, he, he's a very attractive batsman yeah, he to is, watch. Yeah. He's so yeah. attractive yep. uh, on the eye. Uh, mm. So, mate, great great stuff, Best though. We're still working. Hey, we're still working on it. On, um, on Butler, um, I was watching him. I know he's got like a severely broken finger, so he's, he's flying home now. So he's not going to play the last test and he might be out for a little while. But... When he's batting in white ball cricket, he is so still and his head is the most still I think I've seen in like an international player. There's obviously lots of comparisons, but he's good in white ball cricket, mate. I was watching him in the last like couple of tests. His head is falling so far to like cover and, and point. He's like, it's getting out. He's getting himself out all the time. Like he's just so susceptible to anything straight. That was Bairstow's problem as well a while ago. He gets bowled a lot. Um, but, uh, but 
Joss Butler has got like four or five ways getting out. And in test cricket, they just seem to be able to exploit that because these guys are so good. But in white ball cricket, his his head position is completely different to what it is in test cricket. It's odd, isn't it? Because Joss, you can see the talent with Joss Butler. He's got test match hundreds and he's just about saved the game in this Ashes. It's actually one of the best things about test cricket, I reckon, mate. Like mm. the, the way they get Joss Butler out is just to leave point and cover point open, mm. have a couple of slips and just play across him and go, mate, throw your hands at it. And mm. when he does that in... That's just how you do it, mate. But like yeah, when, okay, when, yeah. when you're, you're right, yeah. <laughs> might DM him about that technical issue, uh, <laughs> mate. Your head's just falling. You see, out yeah, a bit. I just in white ball cricket, you look like you're still. So just yeah, yeah. I'm just eating some corn chips at the moment. Uh, <laughs> but they leave it open, yeah, and yeah, with a red ball with the, and it's loaded up on one side and a couple of catches and no run scoring mm, uh, mm. issues to worry about. He's got, you know, he'll he'll nick one or, or mm. have an error, and mm. I I don't know. I like the difference between white ball and red ball. That way, um, Zach Crawley has been a, a great a revelation. He nah. looked good. He looked good in the MCG. Man, <laughs> I, I, good. I think he's looked good at the crease every time. I think there's there's so much frustration for England. I'm sure in this series about you know the selections or like you know decisions they made at the toss or the team sheets or whatever. But Zach Crawley has just looked like the second best batsman that they've got. Um, in the four innings that he's played. Uh, and it's frustrating that, like, they've now given eight innings to Haseba Mead. Ha- like, how anyone thought that was going to work in Australia? I mean, he, they're talking about a guy who's going to nick off deluxe. I mean, he's he, talking about technical stuff. His hands are so far in front of his body. Like, and that works. I think it well, clearly works very well in Asia, especially because he had a great tour there. Then he sort of went away for a while. Then he scored all these runs in the county championship. And um, But uh, how can you give that many goes to... I'm actually surprised that they dropped him instead of Rory Burns. Rory Burns has got his own stuff, but I, for me, Rory Burns is a significantly better opening batsman globally than Haseba Mead. Uh, anyway, Zach, mate, Crawley, Zach Crawley's come in, but he fucking smashed him. He looked that, really good. Mate, it was a it was a really special innings in the making with Crawley. Yeah. Uh, and people will say, oh, yeah, but he averaged 10 onto that point or 12 or whatever. Who like, cares? Like, young, mm. young guy. And that was like, it was, there was something super imperious about it. Uh, it I, I really thought he was on his way to like something jaw dropping. Yeah. Like people were making comparisons with like, with Laxman at the SCG in a losing cause making 160. Uh. Like, mate, I, I was, I was covering it for the Guardian. So watching every ball closely and, and mm. sorry for those who heard me say that already on YouTube and Patreon, but like it was, it was remarkable how much he was smashing everybody. Like he had to sort of, mm. he had to check twice because no England bat had, played that way mm. in any test match to this point. Maybe Rude a little bit early on, but no one so far in the game as well. I didn't even think Kawaja had played with the same fluency. It was it was it, no, it was on a, it was on a different planet. It was seventy seven out of ninety one balls. Like and it, it didn't look streaky. It nah. like he made anything short, he was fucking mauling guys. I think it was the first thing people were saying play the shot of the series for England. He, he, he pulled Cummins yeah. and it was like, that's fucking alpha. He played Good. a couple of them. Throw a punch. That's that's what this series has been missing. Yeah. Just some punches. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what they did in the first innings with mm. Bairstow and Stokes. Just mm-hmm. a little bit of uh, mm-hmm. a little bit of that kind of stuff. Mate, I, I thought like, Look, I was sort of joking around about it. It was a good game and England fought hard. It, it, it does raise questions, I think, if you're being ultra hard on Australia about, a, a, again, being benign in the fourth innings mm. at the SCG. But just, just generally speaking, Cummins gave him enough time to bowl them out. 100 overs, yeah. Yeah, 100 overs. And uh, look, it, it's a... It's, I think if you're look if you're trying to evaluate a side that wants to be the best, you're allowed to ask a question about Nathan Lyon again there, and just the sense of being able to hit the rough 
and to, mm. and turn it. It's mm. not to take away from like, like being a good spinner has many 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 components to it, and he's great at so many of them. But that is one, you know, that is a that's a key part mm. of bowling spin. And I'm, you know, it, it's not necessarily about the figures. It's just about the sense of uh, creating something, you know. I, I, and sorry, mm. like th- there are other guys out there. I'm not saying mm. replace Nathan Lyon, okay, mm. but like. Uh, you want you wonder about another spinner in the four things because we've seen line for so long. You just wonder, and it is it's greedy. You can't have it all mm. at all at all costs yeah, and yeah. times. But yeah. I mean, someone like Steve O'Keefe there, someone like Mitch Swepson there, love to see it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting, mate. I, I think that we saw this last year as well. Couldn't get the couldn't get the ten week ten weeks against India. Chances created as well. It's had the same thing in the fourth innings. You know, like. Uh, Tough chances sometimes. Steve Smith dropped Bairstow. At, um, he, they got him out about half an hour mm. later, but more mm. time in the game. Marcus Harris dropped Spence Stokes at mm. bat pad there. There's These, a run-out thing there. There's a run-out. St- have you seen that as a run-out there with Kerry? Yeah. Yeah, that, so he even, think, even he if he's hitting the stumps. Even if, I know that, but even if he gloves that, you know, there's time. It's going to be the, very close. From the time you glove it to take it, there's a bit of time. He was right next here's to what, the stumps. Here's what. I'm is not it, saying Josh Butler's a better keeper, but what mm. Josh Butler would have done is get in front of the stumps there yeah. and do the catch into yeah. the stumps thing. And he's probably out then. Yeah. It's more concerning that he thought he was going to hit the stumps. He doesn't even glove it. Yeah. Um, and also just the run out didn't really seem on as well. It almost seemed late to it. Mm, you know, anyway. Mm. Um, but, mate, with, with Nathan Lyon, it's interesting. Like, he he has probably had a drop-off for a couple of a couple of years now. Like, and But at the same time, you have to say it's incredibly hard to bowl spin in Australia. Like, you look yeah, at the statistics. Like and he's every, averaging 23 for the series and all that. Oh, look, I, I don't think he's bowled badly at all. But, like, yeah, it, it's greedy stuff, isn't it? But. It's just it's just that that's sort of the the feather in the cap of spinners, you know. Like mm. that's what we want. We want the fourth innings thing. Like when other bowlers start to look a little bit samey, and there's no sideways stuff, or not a lot of swing, or the wicket becomes grubby, you know, yep. and slow. It's sort of when a spinner has to kind of conjure something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, there's something there. It's okay to talk about. I don't well, think it's, it's like well, I don't Smith, think Smith comes on and looks dangerous straight yeah, away. Yeah, you know? I, I don't think Lyons a sacred cow. You know, mm. you, if a team wants to be better, it's the same as. You know, replacing Marcus Harris. They're a winning team. They like incumbents. You're allowed to improve a team. Mm. I'm not calling for Nathan Lyon to be sacked. Wow, what does that matter? Wow, mm. yeah, really clear. <laughs> but there's, there's, there is, there is something there in you know, fourth mm. innings. You just love, you'd love to see, you'd love to see what someone else might be able to do. In fact, someone else, you know, watching Swepson might have confirmed that it's just really fucking hard. You know? Yeah, that's right. That's but yeah, right. it, it didn't. It just didn't look that likely. No, it didn't. It didn't. Um, and I thought as well that Jack Leach actually bowled superbly in the third yeah. innings of the game, especially as well. Um, look, it's a different kind of bowling because Australia were attacking and stuff, but his defensive bowling was not up to scratch in Brisbane when he played. And he, you know, obviously then he misses out deliberately because in, in Adelaide uh, he didn't play. Uh, but I thought he bowled really nicely and uh, almost gets a hat-trick and almost gets a fire but doesn't. Um, okay, let's get to uh, Hobart starts on Friday. Um, the teams, Australia... Who plays? Uh, What's your team? Just want me to go one to eleven. Well, like well, that. I, I, I think Kawaja comes in for Harris. I yep. think that's got to happen. Yeah, and Head goes back to five. There's no change to the batting order, and provided like people are fit. Uh, look, uh, that I think in hindsight they should have rested Stark for the SCG. Mm. I mean, you can't make that call as a pundit because you don't know how the guy is pulling up. Yeah. at the time, but it, it, it was clear to me that he was pretty tired. Mm. Uh, but you can't drop Stark for Hobart. It's a pink ball pink test. Ball it's test, like yeah. it's like dropping Axar Patel at fucking Ahmedabad. I mean, yeah. the guy's just absolute. Mm. Um, he's he's just brutally effective with mm. the pink ball. So mm. he's got to play. Cummins plays. How do you drop Scott Boland? Yeah, uh, and and Nathan Lyon. So yeah. I mean, you know. 
it, what are you going to drop Boland if if Shai Richardson's fit? Mm. I, I mean, I doubt it. But Boland played excellently. He, if he holds his spot for the last game, then he holds it for this game. I want to see Scott Boland with a pink ball. Oh, yeah, lights. he could be fucking anything on yeah. that pink ball. Um, um, and and in case people want to know, no, I mean Kerry just remains. It's his spot. Yeah, I, I think for a while, give him a chance. Yeah, I agree. Um, Okay, England's one's more difficult because we're actually not sure who's going to play at the moment. So Butler's obviously going home. Now, Billings has driven from fucking the Gold Coast to Sydney because mm. um, he got the call. So I think that it's been reported that he is going to get England's 700th test cap, which is pretty cool. Long way to drive. I think. Run the drinks again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. he said that. I think, uh, I think Vaughan was the 600th okay. test cap. Um, so do you need a Rubik's cube again, or he's, <laughs> he's, do something with that, mate? <laughs> Vaughn, yeah, six hundred. Yeah. Yeah, mate, who's six twenty five? Yeah, so be super happy for him. Uh, he's been on the show a couple of times, but mm. also just privately, he's just been wonderful person. Everyone we speak to rates him as a bloke mm. very highly. So be awesome for him. Hope to he get nicks him. off. Yeah, early. <laughs> Hope we bump the shit out of him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the, so old, he, the old demon head coming out again. <laughs> hey, don't mind going on TV, do you, Bilbo? <laughs> uh, good luck. Uh, who am I? Uh, it's, it's funny with him because he's been in like basically every England squad for I think it's been 15 years in a row now. He's been in every single squad and he barely plays. And I know when he was playing for the Thunder, he was excited to play for them because he was saying that he gets valued for them. And, you know, even in the IPL, he's with Delhi, but um, I don't did he actually play any games this this last IPL? I don't think he did, but he's been he's such a squad selection. I'm presuming he's just fucking just desperate to play cricket, and he's a good player as well. Um, we talked to Barney in a moment's time about him as well, but that'd be cool for him to play. So I I would is Hasebe Mead actually going to play the the last game? I think they got to try Crawley uh, and and Burns. and Burns now. I think yeah, so. Yeah, why not? Why not? Milan three, Root four. I, I'd keep Root keep Root at four for this game. Uh, who's your five then? If I mean, if, if Stokes doesn't play, what about Besto as well? I mean, will Besto come up? There's, so, like, there's a few yeah, guys out. Yeah, so if I think Besto, oh, he's got a fucking broken thumb though. I, I'd be surprised if Stokes plays. I'm not sure why he would. Like he looked in all sorts, and these back to back to back to back test matches. He's played every test. He looks not in his peak fitness to me anyway. Um, kind of like having stresses though, isn't it? Like it's a bit of a badge of honor when you become the player that like mm. does. Uh, wince after every ball. Mm. What do you, you got there, mate? You got a side. You got a side. It's like every every mm. like club team has an older player that's just like, nah, you know, you're like, oh gee, he's a workhorse. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah he's yeah. injured and, yeah. and and he's carrying the entire nation. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it also is nice to be that player as well. Yeah. What <sighs> about what about bowlers? Uh, Broad Anderson. Will they both play? Probably. Wood has to play with a pink ball. Does Ollie Robinson play? Does Leach play? Fuck, I don't know. Maybe I think Anderson. Ball. They might just go. They, they might just go with four quicks. I don't know. They can't drop Broad. He's just taking Pfeiffer. Anderson with a pink ball. You think he'd play? Looks fit. Wokes maybe. I don't know, mate. Doesn't should matter. Listen, should we listen to some visceral minutes? Yeah, go on. All right, hang on. He's, uh, we, we compiled a couple. Thanks for those who uh, submitted. Those are all quick. Uh, enjoy. Underrated part of that last session was. Cam Green fielding on his knees like a fucking father playing with his nieces and nephews at Christmas. Okay. Yeah. All right. I agree. Good. Couple more here. Just a quickie this morning. Here you go. 4 0. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> you're, hearing it, you're hearing it everywhere. Let's keep going. Whichever idiot suggested four day test cricket last year, <laughs> fuck right off. <up. laughs> 
Got <laughs> an American accent. I like uh, it. Or Canadian, I don't know. Sorry, yeah. I'm wrong. All right, yeah. North uh, American. What, what are they thinking? What are they thinking out there? I've been at Happy Hour Drawer since West Brom away, <laughs> 2016. I've actually been declaring on an actress. I'll just get it one more time. Sorry for those who missed that. Uh, just get a transcript. <laughs> I've been at Happy Hour Drawer since West Brom away, 2016. I've had Cummins for declaring on an actress. <laughs> <laughs> and, and finally, finally, I think this sums it up. Welcome to the Ginger Century. <laughs> uh, do you think that, I mean, I think that basically sums up the, the vibe of yeah, know, people, yeah. of us, you know, the commoners. The, the, the punters out there. It's a universal experience, universal game. Ginger Century, 4 0 fuck off. Uh, yeah. You know, Camel Green on his knees. Camel Green's on his knees. But somehow, yeah. somehow still taller than Kawaja at second yeah. slip. Yeah. Oh, I rate it. Yeah. I rate it. Um, hey, uh, if you're enjoying the, uh, the, the, uh, the dailies we're putting out on YouTube, you can get the audio for that exclusive at Patreon at patreon.com forward slash great cricketer. You can also get hashtag Ask TJC Fridays, which come out every single what day, Pez? Friday. That's correct. Uh, and uh, this is what we spoke about on last week's Hashtag Ask TGC Fridays. Hashtag Ask TGC Fridays. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, if I, if I get like one, one uh, you know, a bit of eye contact from a woman, um, I mean, that'll, that'll take me to places that, that no direct hit run out's ever taken me. <laughs> and I've always said that. <laughs> yeah, it's weak beta cuck shit, James. Well done on all your comps and all yeah. that sort of shit. <laughs> Well done, well done on your fourth grade flag. Well, if you want to know there, patreon.com. If you want to know more there, patreon.com forward slash great cricketer. Now, we were very fortunate to speak to Barney Ronne. Um, and I should just say uh, what a privilege it is to actually speak to Barney. Many people will know him from other podcasts and perhaps even his journalism, which is his job. Uh, but uh, to, you know, many of you guys have asked for Barney, for, for Barney to, to come on the show after what's happened in these ashes. And we're very fortunate to, uh, for him to answer the call. Uh, one Sunday morning after uh, England defended their honour to secure a 3-0 series result at the moment. Uh, so anyway, here he is. Here's Barney. All right, we've got Barney Ronne, the much-requested Barney Ronne from The Guardian. It's Sunday morning in the UK. He'll have awoken to the news of a heroic draw uh, executed by his beloved England. And, uh, yeah, you guys wanted him on, so here he is. Uh, Barney. Wait. Are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120Hz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah. I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Down the camera. Uh, no, uh, look, in my view, like no country is able to adopt like a wider range of postures when it comes to post-game emotions. You know, there's no greater literacy uh, than what England can produce. So, and, and overnight, your nation gallantly staved off defeat, braving injury and darkness to restore pride. You know, like what's the abiding view of that achievement for you against the backdrop of a 3-0 scoreline? Well, um yeah, it's a kind of confusing. There are so many conflicted, there's so many conflicted noises um, going on, uh, from you know the obvious kind of jeering and triumphalism of having somehow clung on desperately. But the, I think what happened here is like nothing, nothing was changed. Like Australia is still 
a better cricket team than England, England produced this kind of um, brilliant thing to kind of hang on in fading light on this grubby pitch. But uh, what's happening for me is um, the voice underneath all of this, the voice of Test cricket is speaking to us. I was trying to imagine who the voice of Test cricket would be. It's probably played by John Hurt, sort of twinkly, sort of leathery, reedy voice. And through all that noise, the voice of Test cricket is speaking to us, saying, "If you build it, they will come." Um, you know, I, the problem here is not the medium. You know, I mean, what what happened is just this this brilliant thing happened that one of those games where we've seen these before, where um, everything else stops happening. I mean, what I was really impressed with is how much Australia wanted to win. This doesn't always happen in sport. I watch a lot of different other sports and people don't always want to win. Australia have already won this series. It's the fifth day. Everyone is exhausted. It's quite easy to let that go. But in that moment, these professional sports people are absolutely lost in the next 30 seconds of what's going to happen in essentially a dead game. But... uh, only test cricket does this and the idea that this thing isn't good or that you can't sell it or you need you need to put some music over it somehow or just speed it up or change it like if, if there's something wrong with that format then we need to change the humans the humans are a problem we need other humans who would appreciate this thing but i, I think that's what happened test cricket sort of leant back in its bamboo chair slightly cracking and said gather at my feet and i will tell you what's good and it's this there's obviously been some miscommunication, Barney, because we've actually brought you on to ask if the Southern Brave can do it again. Can they go Can they go back to back? <laughs> That's all I really want to know. No, I want to ask you, but I mean, for me, Johnny Bairstow in this game, that's the best that I've seen him play in white clothing. But is this, they kind of turn this into a negative. Is this actually a problem? He's played 70 tests. He averages 30. The whole Butler, Bairstow cycle, Ollie Pope replacing him, but he didn't do well. Now Bairstow's back. Is it? Can we can we believe in Johnny Bairstow now as a white ball player? Is this is this something to hang the hat on for this tour with Zach Crawley maybe scoring some runs? Milan's done okay. Root and now Bairstow. Is that is there something there? I don't know about building a team for the future around Johnny Bairstow, but the the Johnny Bairstow Josh Butler thing tells us um, loads of things that's wrong with just the way it's been managed. Like, it was really strange. I mean, jo- Johnny Bester averages 40 at seven playing as a wicketkeeper. For some reason, they decided to stop him doing that because they became obsessed with Butler as he's going to reinvent test batting and he's just got the star power. He's going to be better than Adam Gilchrist. You know, he's going to average over 27, whatever it is they want him to do. And so they mucked around with Johnny Bester Obviously, an angry Johnny Bairstow is by far the best Johnny Bairstow. So there's been kind of peaks of... Uh, but, no, it was really nice to see him doing well. He's kind of so utterly committed to this thing. He loves cricket. It's his life. Everything about the game is his life, and it's so raw every time. And he'd keep playing until he was 50, if he could, and just feeling it so painfully, like a schoolboy, every time. So he's either furiously angry or almost in tears constantly and it has been delightful to watch him but you know he um I think the Crawley innings was more um you know, like something you'd think yeah there's this kind of health there. I thought it was these were really slick runs you know he but he bad like he was in a hurry he's going somewhere they were kind of yuppie runs Thatcherite runs he's not saving the game he's overtaking you you know on the on in the fast lane in his Audi it was totally out of context with the rest of the game. It was really enjoyable. I wish it just carried on and scored 250 really quickly and urgently. <laughs> totally no idea what's going on in the game. I am batting is what's happening. 
but it was good fun to watch. And there was definitely something there, you know, that I want mm. to see that again. I agree. I think there was something there with Crawley and there hasn't been anything there otherwise for England this series. I mean, just because we've got you on, Barney, perhaps, you know, following a good performance from England, from England is not a good time to ask about the, the deeper existential questions, but I just will anyway. You know, you, you walk to the smorgasbord of factors influencing England's long-term struggle in Australia. You know, what are, what are you picking at as the reasons that the hundred uh, private schools, you know, short-term careerist sporting administrators drinking at the trough, uh, wet wickets, the format of test cricket, uh, you know, will, will England ever win here? It's really difficult, isn't it? There are so many reasons and all of them are incredibly compelling. And then you sometimes think, well, what if they just changed a couple of really small things? And maybe just bad first to the gathering. It'd be fine. Yeah. Well, that would kind of be all right. I know it's, it's very difficult, isn't it? We love we love a full... I mean, I'm not just root and branch. I'm everything. I'm replow the field, um, tear mm -hmm. down the, everything. You know, let's let's grow something different. Let's grow genetically modified, you know, skunkweed. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I, I mean, I, think, I, I actually think the problem... The real problem with English cricket is you should, we need to utterly change the ECB, which is a, a strange organisation. It's been around for 25 years and was born out of the idea that suddenly there were these um, central contracts and this massive influx of TV money. The counties are far too powerful. What are these, you know, old guys with smoking pipes? Why are they having a say in what's suddenly a really lucrative sport? So it made sense to invent this thing where you have central contracts, you take away the power of the counties. And it worked for a while. It's sort of Duncan Fletcher, people in Vodafone shirts, Michael Vaughan's captain, the counties still work. It's already healthy. Kevin Peterson suddenly appears. But it doesn't work anymore. This is not the problem facing the game. The, England is not the most important thing. It, how do you deal with franchise cricket? How do you, the, the lack of spread is the problem. And the ECB is not fit for purpose. And all the ideas it comes up with are designed to keep the ECB powerful because it's an organisation based on constant growth and constant, you know, the kind of, you know, neoliberal economics. We must earn more money this year. And if we don't, we have to change something. But cricket is obviously not like that. Cricket is a really difficult, weird, stupid, modernist novel that no one wants to buy. And if you start trying to just obsess about growth, you're going to kill it. So the, the, the virtual body is wrong. And we need something that's going to deal with the current problems, which aren't getting Duncan Fletcher in and giving Jimmy Anderson a central contract. That's not what we need to do now. So, yeah, I'm a full, I'm beyond root and branch. I'm just plow everything and build something else. Or... There could be Crawley and Rory Burns opening. Maybe that will be mm. it. <laughs> um, we're, talk we're talking about big changes here, and of course you're right, Barney, about these 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 changes. But I, I'm sure that the English um, population back home who've been listening to our commentary, as in not not peasant eyes commentary, as in the the fox feed commentary, have been enjoying us saying, "Well, you should change the you should change the the captaincy," um, and. There's only really about four guys in the team who will definitely play every game, and, and one is Ben Stokes. I mean, is that in any way a feasible idea that if the captain changes, maybe they win a few more games? Yeah, I mean, it is, it is still possible to be a, a, a slightly below-par captain on a ship which is sinking. That's still possible. Just because, mm. you know, the Titanic's in the iceberg doesn't mean you um, tell the band to you know stop playing or whatever whatever extended metaphor I'm getting into here. I, I think, but captaincy isn't it just? Um, Root's been captain for so long. I can't even remember a time when he wasn't captain. Was there cricket when Root wasn't? England? I mean, I suppose Cook was also captain for years and not particularly good at it. Um, there's a slight celebrity obsession. There's a keeping Joe Root happy, stopping him going off and doing something else, which is sort of why 
there is no change. Giving Stokes the captaincy would be a terrible idea. I mean, he's he's in that period where he's sort of become both of them in in like eighty seven now, hasn't he? He's he's constantly wincing. If he's not wincing, he's not doing anything. He's he's in agony constantly. It's it's such a struggle. Um, and you know, he's he's only thirty. He needs to really needs to just try and get back to his physical best. That's all I want for Ben Stokes. Mm. I don't want him to be burdened with anything else. The, uh, it's been so painful watching him. Um, and uh, he sort of leaves everything out there. And you know exactly what he's thinking. He's a kind of honest person. Uh, I, don't, I don't want him to have to struggle with the massively nuanced and painful, difficult, horrible cultural entity that is the England captaincy as well. He'll be, be wincing in his sleep as well. Like I just want to see a smiling Ben Stokes. <laughs> Just let the winds go. And with the captaincy, I think Joe Root may have had enough. He wants to do other things. Um, he hinted that. I mean, I spoke to him before the tour, and there was a little bit of sense that he's got a few other ideas he wants to do. Um, why would you want to be England captain, really? Why? Why? Mm. Mm. <laughs> uh, don't you, though, don't you think, though, Barney, that uh, so many of like, England's systemic problems come into such sharp focus because of these you know, heavy defeat after heavy defeats that they're uh, kind of feeling down here when in 18 months' time we're just going to beat Edge Baston and one of Broader Anderson or maybe both will still be playing and hooping a dark Duke's ball around corners and everyone will be singing about England and playing Jerusalem and, you know, Aggers will be on BBC and everything will probably be fine. Harris will nick off and, you know, the game will be close and cricket will be alive. Yeah, I mean, it's true. I mean, to, to be dying is the natural state of life of Test cricket, isn't it? It's always been dying. I'm sure they're having these conversations in 1873 about how we're going to keep this thing going. It's, it's finished. It's, it's called the ashes. You know, it's it's made out of death. Uh, it's made out of this thing dying. And we've been retailing that for... I mean, yeah, it is the natural state of things. And I'm sure Chris Wokes is going to be absolutely unstoppable two years from now. Australian cricket will be finished for good. But, but there is, I mean, there is definitely, there is, it can't go on. It can't go on forever. Can it? Can it? How much more can we squeeze out of this thing? There has to be some sense of life at some point, of something new. I just can't really see where that comes from. Yeah. Yeah. India. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're doing, yeah. They're doing terribly well, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Joe Root's going to go in the IPL auction this year. So I'm not mm. surprised he doesn't want to captain England anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't the problem Test cricket faces? I mean, I always think this that India, India haven't destroyed Test cricket. Why haven't they destroyed Test cricket? It's like one of those things in the movies where you, you think, why don't you just. Why are you giving James Bond all these tests that he can do where he can sort of rescue? Him? Why don't you just kill him? You know, why are we saying no, Mr. Bond? I wanted to, we're in that phase. We're in the no, Mr. Bond phase. Which, if, India decide, or the next, if India decides to kill Test Creek, it's like, well, we've had enough of this. We're propping you all up. You know, we're keeping this thing going. And they still really are diligently, honestly playing these series. Um, if Viracoli, whoever comes after Viracoli as India captain, is not interested in Test Cricket and just, like, we could probably fit a second IPL in, couldn't we? Um, then that's probably the thing that will get us through this kind of just hang on, Mr. Bond, five minutes more situation, which we're in at the moment. Um, mm. You know, that's it's probably going to happen elsewhere, isn't it? Is there anything fun to look forward to in Hobart, Barney? I mean, it looks like, I mean, I, I know a lot will change in the next probably 10 minutes, but um, Josh Butler's going to go home. Bairstow's probably got a broken thumb. Stokes has got his side strain. Mark Wood just got his front foot blown off by Pat Cummins. I don't even know if they've got enough players to play 
the game. Um, maybe maybe Marcus Harris can open for England. I don't know. But um, is there? I mean, uh, that, that's uh, that's talking about Billings playing. Is there is there something to look, look forward to for England in Hobart? Obviously, everyone looks forward to the sight. Five days of Sam Billings. I mean, it's just kind of mm. perfectly groomed perfectly even the, the chat's good everything's good um yeah. i'll take hobart just for five days of I mean, if australia can just bat for a long time so we get lots of lots of billings that's fine <laughs> and i actually think he is perfectly set up to be a test cricketer it seems odd he's never really had a go like that um i mean hobart's a lovely place as well isn't it i mean i wish i was there i'd love to be in hobart watching billings keep wicket and i mean i i think is there still some doubt that that game might go ahead is that right? I don't know. It feels yeah. like every test match that's on, there's just grave predictions that the next one won't be on or it will be yeah. in the financial heartland of Sydney or Melbourne. And then it just goes on. So I yeah. think now right. everyone's presuming that Hobart's good to go. Yeah. The lesson of this game is basically once you start playing, you just absolutely lose your... Whatever's going on, you know, Craig Overton's bowling off spin to whoever. <laughs> whatever's happening, it's massively absorbing. It's the ashes. It's still that same substance. And, and it will be brilliant. I mean, that's the kind of lesson of that last hour. I have to say, I mean, you know, Jimmy Anson comes in and there's 12 balls to go and none of them are bowled by a fast ball. I mean, that, that's kind of, it's kind of the spirit of the village green coming in saying <laughs> that. That is essentially what saved England here. We would be, we'd be talking about, you know, Mitchell Stark's heroic, you know, first ball of the penultimate over that destroys Jimmy Anderson's stumps if it wasn't for a little bit of gentlemanliness from the umpires. But, you know, we'll, we'll take it. We'll take it. English cricket's back, baby. We're back. <laughs> and with that, Barney Ronne, thanks so much for joining us, mate, on a uh, cool Sunday morning in the UK. People will be uh, very happy to hear from you and I uh, can't agree more. Uh, or less, actually. England's not back at all. Cheers, mate. <laughs> the Asian century is all-encompassing. Has an Indian test team ever had a better year? The Asian century is all-encompassing. The Asian century refers to the Asian century. India's conquering all before it. India's conquering all before it. The Asian century. India's conquering all before it. They're just winning heaps of shit. Two back winam Mario Kart. Two back winam Mario Kart. Two back to Kua. His vibe, his energy. Mario Kart, the star. Two back to Kua. Mario Kart, boys yeah. You get the star to Kua. Mario Kart, boys yeah. Mario Kart star. That's what Shuttle Takor is. The star. Boys, yeah. He gets his first bag and his first fifer. Is this guy the best guy that's ever played cricket? Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. don't think that's a controversial point. Thank you very much to Mr. Ronay for his time on a Sunday morning, a sleepy Sunday morning. Um, Pez, uh, let's get into the Big Bash Roundup. Yes, fucking finally. Finally. Let's Here go. we go, mate. Yes. Come on. Come on. All right. So the Perth Scorchers made a lead in the comp. The Thunder are second and the Sixers are third. This okay. table, the table is like all messed up because <laughs> there's like, so the Scorchers have played two and three uh, more games than other teams. In fact, they've actually played six more games than the Melbourne Stars. Melbourne Stars are last. They've played yeah, six less games than Perth. Zampa, friend of the show, 
Adam Zappa, is going to captain the Stars' next game. Uh, he said that CA have taken the piss, inverted <laughs> commas, out of the Melbourne derby. They had, they had 12 stars, twelve of the Stars players uh, tested positive for COVID. It's now 13, but at the time, 12. Uh, couldn't play in their loss to the Renegades, the Melbourne Renegades, the big Melbourne derby for the Big Bash League. Uh, but they went ahead with that game. Other games have been postponed, but not that one. Uh, so the entire comp has now been moved into – it's been relocated to a Victorian hub. Um, while players and support staff from all teams will be based in Victoria for the remains of the comp um, – there will be some matches played in other states in like a fly-in, a FIFO model. Uh, so there's that. And then some games which are starting in, what's the date say? The 10th. Um, some games starting this week are actually going to start at 10 a.m. Uh, there's like a couple of Sixers games start at 10 a.m. I think like... 10 a.m. start. I'm happy with that. 10 a.m. start, relatable. Yeah. Well, 10, well, it's, getting it's actually 10-10. Cl- getting closer and closer to great cricket. I like it. Yeah. What about like under sevens when you start like seven thirty? Sort of like oh, a heavy yeah. like dew on the grass. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I always want to bowl first. I hate that. Like yeah. when like the wet grass gets on your shoes and it's oh, yeah. uh, and it's sliding on your shoes, but it does clean your shoes. There is. You know, that. If you've got dirty shoes, get on the old, get on the wet grass there. Yeah. Clean them right up. Yeah. Get Nature's way of healing. <laughs> <laughs> I think you got to say your shoes, like your leather cr- shoes. You have to say made in another country. <laughs> so you got leather. You got like a loafer on. Yeah, I always wore loafer. Isn't that yeah. what everyone else wore? <laughs> <laughs> uh, paying for the gentry 11 uh you gotta say like credit to ca and whoever's like putting all this together to like, to, <laughs> to, 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 like totally to, right to, to like make all these games whoever's doing this whoever's doing this Cheers. shit like to actually get the competition going ahead like fair play like yeah, it's just yeah, but it's getting it's getting pretty silly isn't it like how much covid is just running through all these camps like the idea that you can try and escape i mean even the even the test team yeah how many covid cases are in the well, there's no bubbles anymore, but I guess we're all just globally, not just in cricket circles. We're all just trying to figure out how to actually, inverted commas, live with the virus. Um, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know the answer. But I mean, I'm, fair- turning, I'm turning on the TV, and sometimes a color is playing against another color. That's right. And then you know, I'm, I'm doing my dishes, and who's hey, bowling? Oh, he looks and, all right. And fundamentally, like by, well, from what I've been told, um, from one insider. Oh yes, insider <laughs> shit. <laughs> um. The same amount of people are watching the Big Bashes last year and the previous years. Uh-huh. Um, that's certainly not my experience, but um, in I'll your w- own ratings demographic, like that's right, doing ratings on yourself. That's right. Um, same here. So the season is meant to conclude on January nineteenth, um, which is in nine days from today. Yeah, and I can't see how that's going to happen, given that the stars have got to play. I think in that time about twelve games. Yeah, um, double headers, a couple of couple of back to backs. They're doing it in baseball. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, so they're going to re- renounce the schedule for the remaining uh, next few days. I mean, yeah, I got to say, like, there's so many ways. Every summer we come into like, how do we fix inverted commas the big bash? You know, how do we how do we get more people to the games? How do we do it? Oh, Ashes, people are going to be into that cricket more than ever. Omicron needed now. <laughs> um, and so somebody like, bought their pink seat for the Jane McGrath day, and then <laughs> their name was Omicron needed now. <laughs> Thank you for the donation. Nice one. Nice one. Anyway, uh, that's that's what's happening in the Big Bash. Uh, I guess it, it doesn't really matter to what's happening in the finals. You know, Daniel Sam's got 90 off, 97 off like 45 balls. It's a clean. It's a clean seed. Mm. Siddle did some shit. Uh, I don't know. There's there's games happening all the time. And a couple, of guys, couple of guys are like in, the, in squads where they can be 
farmed out to different teams. So Justin Avendano's played mm-hmm. for like uh, the Stars and the Sixers. Yeah, right. I think. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, nice. That's some league of their own shit. Oh, I like Racine that. And, I like yeah. that. Um, South Africa, India, Pez. It's a clean ball too, Justin. Carry on. Um, South Africa, India. Right. That yeah, mate. The the third test starts on Wednesday, Cape Town. Uh, where nothing decider, nothing has ever gone wrong for Australia in Cape Town. Um, Which reminds me, can we can we say this on air? So we we, we did a gig, we did a gig a few years ago, oh, mate. a private gig, and yeah. uh, part of like it often happens as is often happens at gigs. There's as an auction or a silent auction mm-hmm. or a live auction. Mm-hmm. This time there was a live auction, and it was in the months after sandpaper, and. Uh, it I don't was less than a year. I don't know how this happened, but uh, being auctioned off at this gig was a framed test shirt yep. signed by the entire Australian side from the Cape Town test. And it only – I think we felt at the time it would be inappropriate as mm. kind of the entertainers of the gig. We weren't mm. conducting the auction mm. uh, to, to bid for it. But looking back, that was dumb and oh, weak. That's and we should have – we should have got that shirt. We should have got that shirt. That, that is my single biggest regret. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, Cape yeah. Town test. So, the third test, it's a decider. The series locked at 1-1 because after uh, – that test starts on Wednesday, by the way. So, again, we're doing the dailies for that as well and on Patreon and on YouTube, however you want to consume it. Um, South Africa had, in the, uh, in the words of Graham Smith, uh, one of South African cricket's greatest ever test wins. Uh, they chased 243 on day, f- I think it was day four. No, that was day five. Five. It was day five. Five. Uh, at the Wanderers there. And they, only just got it in, a bit of rain around the yeah, last day. Yeah, they didn't start to a quarter to the four uh, in the afternoon, local time there. Uh, Hell of a chase. Mate, 243, what was 243. it? Four, three down? Four down? Three down. Three down. Three yeah. down, yep. Um, Dean Elgar hit 96. He got the job done there. All with, the other uh, innings were like 200 odd or something as well. That's right. Big going on the deck. That's right. I think, well, I think the highest ever run chase the Wanderers is only... Uh, oh, was there one that was three hundred? Anyway, it was, it was up there. It was up there in like highest ever run chases the Wanderers, and uh, they did good. Um, lots to like about South Africa. Uh, I can I can see Graham Smith's point about what happened in that series, and they lost the first Test match. Then Quinton de Kock uh, retires from from Red Ball cricket, who's also just had his first child. So congratulations to Quinny. Mm, if you're listening, um, he won't be listening to this shit. Uh, <laughs> Clip it up. <laughs> um, but mate, lots to like. Uh, Keegan Peterson. A uh, bit of an under-19s prodigy, batting three for South Africa. Scored his first Test 50, got 60-odd. Uh, looks sharp. Uh, Marco Janssen. I think I've been calling him Janssen, which is very Anglo and dumb. Uh, but I think it's Janssen. Hey, this, talk about some height. Left arm height. Bit of, yeah, bit of, bit of height. Bit of tall stuff. Um, and, uh, and the, but the main highlight of the game was Rishabh Pant played one of the worst shots in Test history. It has he played the other ones as well? Um, Game changes quick, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, absolutely destroyed us. Yep. And uh, now he's yeah now now he's he's playing a couple of take the gas shots lately. Yep. Really. Yep. Um. So the final test starts on Wednesday. Uh, will Safri go with the same team? Didn't play a spinner. Didn't play Maharaj. Um. Yeah. Uh, so I imagine he probably plays in Cape Town, but um, but uh. I mean, I mean, yeah, sorry, I just got distracted because uh, our camera's turned off, but uh, it's okay. Um, Janssen was batting at seven in this game. They got um, Varane, the wicketkeeper, new wicketkeeper, batting at six, who averages 50 in first-class cricket. Not sure about that. Um, so <laughs> You took one look at it. <laughs> it was like 52 in first-class right. cricket. This bloke, uh, clean gloves though. 
So, but the main conversation is about who's going to play for India now. Uh, Siraj has, I think Siraj is on a side. <laughs> Not with the fucking South Africa stuff. Let's get him <laughs> in India. Coley was out. He missed the last test. Yeah, that's right. Upper back spasms. Uh, they were short on runs. He'll come back in. Who for? Probably for Hari, who was the only adult in the room in that game. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but he will miss out because legacy shit. Yeah, and then what about Siraj? Are you playing Ishant or Boys Yadav? I uh, love boys, but Ishan's height and yeah. I don't know how to separate those two guys. You know, mm. they, they, they always do a good job. I think Siraj is a big miss, a lot of energy. Mm. He's always bringing some red mist shit, which I think balances out a lot of pace in the Indian side, uh, even though a lot of his stuff is is how you're going and would attract the ire of many grade cricket sides. <laughs> but I do think for balance reasons, you've got to have it. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. Uh, well, anyway, let's tune in on uh, Wednesday, the first test. So the, uh, the daily would be the morning after that game. Uh, on YouTube or Patreon.com. Pez, one thing that uh, what happened last week in New Zealand and Bangladesh... Oh, others are playing. Uh, ...was the last time we checked in was that Devin Conway scored 100 and we were just singing the praise as well. That all went to shit. Uh, Bangladesh had possibly their greatest ever test win last week. Mm. Um, so let's put this into context. Bangladesh are genuinely shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're without Tamanik Bal or Shakib Al-Hassan. Um, they lost 2-0 at home to Pakistan, including one of those games was heavily rain-affected in Dhaka. They, it was like two and a half days were washed out, and they still lost one of those games, so they were getting pumped. You obviously remember in the T20 World Cup, which is a different code completely, but they did lose to Scotland in that T20 World Cup. They somehow still managed to qualify, and then they lost every game in that World Cup. New Zealand haven't lost a test at home for 17 games. They haven't won all those games, but they haven't lost a game at home for 17 games. They've won eight of their last home series. That's Pakistan, West Indies twice, England twice, India, Rick Finlay, Bangladesh, and Sri Lanka. I'm just setting it up for how good oh, no, no, New good. Zealand are at home. Yeah. So then Bangladesh go out and hit 458 in the first innings. Yeah. They're giving them a lead of 130, and you're thinking, well, okay, was it a strong New Zealand team? Yeah, they're all playing. Southie, Bolt, Wagner, uh, Jamo, um, Ajaz Patel didn't play. Uh, even though he just got 10 for an last he, game. Is he bowling well at Patel? Or I haven't how'd he go, actually how'd he seen, go in his last game. I haven't seen much of that. Well, he didn't get mad of the match. That's all mm. I know. Um, so then England got rolled for 169 in the third innings. And then uh, uh, Bangladesh chased him uh, two down, 42 down. So, yeah, Kane isn't playing. Uh, but apart from that, it's a full-strength team. So this guy, uh, Edibar Hussain, who started the game, funnily enough, with the worst test average for a bowler with more than test wickets in, in test cricket history. One of my favourite stats. He took six for 46 in the third innings. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the first six for, for Bangladesh in more than eight years. Best figures ever by a Bangladesh quick away from home. Uh, that is, I mean, it's match fixing, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good setup. <laughs> <laughs> fucking seriously gave me the fucking ABC of cricket. <laughs> To set that up to conclude that it was match fixing. <laughs> We're not entitled. Uh, hey, hey, what a result. A, mate, it's great to see a great test between nations that aren't, you know, among the three that pool all the money. Yeah. And it's great to see away results that are interesting. And uh, the, the, um, the interview that Hussein gave afterwards was very, very heartening. Mm. And. Uh, it's strange for like for for us in our rich lofty heights to look down upon other test matches and That's go, right. ah, you know, well, if I can look at the skeletons there, and yeah. I will do that because yeah. I've got a second head that comes out on my shoulder. Of course you do, uh, or my neck, sort of in the side area there, off on an angle. <laughs> yeah, chiropractor. Uh, but yeah, brilliant stuff, and and then we can see in the second test here that 
New Zealand have struck back pretty hard. Yeah, that's right. So Bangladesh won the toss and they had a bowl. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the most Australian the, thing ever. Yeah, kept, kept the uh, momentum going. That's right. We've got this yeah, what happened when they kept what, the momentum going? Well, um, I don't know what the score is right at this moment. Have you got it? Oh, I've got it, yeah. What's the yeah. score right now? Um, New Zealand have declared uh, six for 521. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Latham. 252. Oh, and Devin Conway, no. Devin uh, Conway, 109. Mate, Conway, another um, ton. Tom Blundell, 57 not. And, yeah, uh, yeah your, your mate Hussain's two for 143 <laughs> off 30 overs, going at 4.77. <laughs> bowl without luck. He bowled without luck. And Bangladesh are one for 11. Okay. <laughs> That's day two. Um, there, was also, there was also a seven scored uh, of oh, Will, yeah, Will yeah. Young. You see this? Yeah. I'm pretty sure people have seen this going around on, on the yeah. interwebs. Yeah. Uh, Will it's kind of like Sheffield off. Shield cricket, like all the, like the weird stuff that's gets right. most of the clicks. That's right. That's and right. most of the stuff, yeah. So Will Young nicked off to second slip, uh, then went very close to going down to the boundary, finally picked it up and threw it uh, to the keeper, who then had a shot at the bowler's end that went for seven. Great areas, uh, which kind of sums up how this second test has gone anyway so far. But, of course, when next week we're reporting that Bangladesh have actually won the series Two nil, um, there'll be egg on our face. But um, you know what, mate? There's so many things to take away from this. In the fact that this is actually the third time New Zealand have played against Bangladesh since 2016. Like in this in these series, they've won last eight series at home: Pakistan, West Indies twice, England twice, India, Bangladesh, and Sri Lanka. Australia, Australia haven't gone there. When was the last time Australia went to? It was fucking Michael Clark playing Bangladesh. No, no, no. When was the last time Australia played a Test match in New Zealand? Was it when Clark broke nah, up his dingle? No, nah, it was. It was. When Josh Hazelwood said, who's the fucking third umpire? Oh, yeah. Uh, Halcyon days. It was 2016, I reckon. 2017. Okay. okay. Early 2017, maybe. Oh, okay. Oh, it was pretty recent. What are you worried yeah, about? Five years or yeah, so. Five That's years right. ago. Yeah, they have to get there once every half decade. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, okay. I'll just significantly more sobering stuff, Pez, uh, before we get into Nick Larkin. Um, Russell Jackson uh, of the ABC uh, wrote a piece about Jamie Mitchell, who was a um, it was an opening bat, opening bat for uh, Australian youth team, which toured Sri Lanka and India in 1985, and uh, there's allegations of sexual assault. But it goes beyond that. It's um, it's it's one of the most messed up things I've ever read. Uh, do you want to do you want do you want to talk about this somehow? Because well, it's hard it's because a, it's a legal it's a, case. A, yeah, these are these are funny things to talk about. I mean, for for background to this, Russell Jackson is a writer par excellence. He's won he won the Walkley won last the Walkley. year. Yeah, uh, writing about. Uh, sexual abuse in Australian rules mm. in various places. A number of pieces in relation to that. He's done. He's done other excellent work on race relations. He's written heaps about cricket beforehand, and he's with the ABC now. And uh, he's just written this, you know, thorough, comprehensive, piercing story. You can tell it's excellently researched. It's long form, detailing uh, the experience, as you said, he goes of Jamie Mitchell, uh, where there's there's allegations of uh, I'm not sure what the correct words are, and that's relevant, you know, but of let's call it sexual impropriety uh, on on an under 19s tour that Jamie was involved in in 1985, Sri Lanka and India, and it is well worth a read, uh, although though potentially triggering for people because it is uh, it is a you know it's an astonishing and um, what's a word you know a, a, a appalling and galling tale mm. of um, well it goes beyond it being irresponsible uh, mm. it's very it's very saddening and it would be very maddening for people as well um, 
And it's just interesting, you know, like to it, – it, it's, it's a strange thing to – and it's a strange thing to speak about on a podcast because this is a live case now that is being investigated by the AFP. Mm. Um, and when – look, one of my observations I just want to – point out was that when Russell did all this excellent work in relation to Australian rules last year, writing, again, really comprehensive pieces that uh, look to the untrained or just to the pun- punter eye, mm. has the ring of truth in the the level and breadth of quotes and anecdotes that are in there. It was just interesting to observe that very little of the Australian rules sports media picked up and ran with that story. And also it you know, the AFL seemed seemed to close ranks or close its doors around it. And there's mm. myriad, com- like, complexity, um, myriad complex issues around these kinds of stories that probably lead the media, and let's just include ourselves in that, to want to steer clear because of legal implications while things are alive. Yeah. Nevertheless, I don't think it would be wrong to encourage people to read the story mm. Uh but beyond that, you, it is, it's going to be interesting to see how many other organisations with the, with say, with the legal heft that the ABC might have mm. um, and the willingness to give a journo time to explore a story might offer to this story as well to help uncover the truth, mm. to find justice. Mm. Uh, we'll definitely be watching it closely. It is a, it's a very sobering read, but one that's well worth doing. Can uh, we even talk about the allegation? I mean, the allegation, right, is that, the team doctor uh, drugged Jamie, and then he was raped while he's unconscious. Is uh, that the? Is that the? No, it's the, the, the doctor's oh, one okay. one person in the story, and then right. there's a, there's the coach as well. Uh, yeah, and uh, I think it would just be better to read. Also, and you know, I should probably should have prepared the comments as well. But uh, it's it's a story about irresponsibility it's a story about sexual abuse it's a story about how sexual abuse uh, or alleged sexual abuse can um, rob people and rob individuals of their dreams and their lives uh, afterwards and uh, um, it's very live now with Cricket Australia Nick Hockley has made comments about it Russell's followed up with a piece Uh, there's certain redress that people can um, can explore that Cricket Australia is uh, trying to work out at the moment as well. Maybe that's putting it lightly. Mm. Uh, and you can probably tell by the uh, <laughs> clumsy attempted at precision with my words <laughs> that, that, you know, it's a, it's a very, um, it's a very serious thing and it should be, I, I think people should read it. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, just to round off this segment, Pez, I was actually interested in, in the, uh, it was sort of talking recently about like test cricket and where it's going and stuff. And it's hard to escape this idea that uh, maybe it's not dying, but it's becoming less important for players. And I actually noticed a couple of pieces uh, uh, on ESPN Crick Info in the last couple of days about, well, Cricket South Africa aren't letting their contracted players play in the PSL this year. It's mainly because they've got sort of active tours going on on the fringes of that tournament. Um, so they didn't want their contracted players to leave, like to, to choose the PSL over playing for their country. And also Sri Lankan cricket <clears throat> are now mandating uh, a six-month period for players to be allowed to play in like domestic T10, T10 and T20 leagues after they have retired. So like they're basically like losing talented players playing for their country because they want to go play domestic stuff. It's interesting that like these boards are trying to um, protect their assets, I suppose, is actually what's going on. But uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's going to be the case. I, I feel like we're living in this moment where 
<laughs> test cricket, there'll be less and less test cricket over the years because all the money's being pulled for three countries. Uh, we were talking there, Australia hasn't, hasn't even gone to New Zealand in five years at best. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Um, but uh, we're going to speak to Nick Larkin uh, of the Melbourne Stars, one of the most affected teams of COVID in the history of all international sports. Uh, but before then, Pez, shall we thank our dear friends, Budgie Smuggler? Of, of, of course we shall. shall. We? Of course we shall. Yes. Yes. Made any themes this week for uh, custom design smugglers? I'll tell you what, it's a fucking beautiful day in Melbourne. Glorious. And we're just out of isolation. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, for my eldest child, I bought him a, uh, for Christmas, I bought him a slip and slide. Nice. It's for him and the one-year-old, but the one-year-old ain't getting on it. I'll and give also you, kind of I'll you give you as well. This is what I'm saying. Okay. And I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, the three-year-old wasn't that sure about whatever the hell it was early on. Oh, yeah? You know? but early what he doors? But what he needed was dad in his North Sydney Bears budget. <laughs> yes. Uh, sort of executing a few swan dives, etc. down yeah. the slip and slide. Maybe a bit slipping of ben- and slides. This is old DMs. school, but a bit of Ben Tune with the, hand, with the hands wrapped around once nice, you get the ball down, nice, nice. etc. And he started mm-hmm. to like it. He, he warmed into it. Okay, uh, we'll and, uh, we'll yeah, he doesn't wear the curtains of shame, that, as in board shorts. My son also makes sure, I make sure he wears budgie smugglers, nice. but I wear the budgie smugglers as well. And, nice. you know, it, it, look, it is the season for a slip and slide. You've got to leave from the front. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I've, I've got so many pairs of budgies now. i collected over... 12 years, yep. I would say. Yeah. Uh, but the the most recent I like are the North Sydney Bears, which is just my, you know, my tragic and beloved rugby yep. league team. Favourite sports team? I've never really asked you what sort of budgies you could get if you could get any. I don't know, you would say the all-time alphas, which was a limited edition. Oh, you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm going to take that away from you. Ah, okay. Any pair of budgies. Any design on anything. Probably Akko. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sponsored yeah. product. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, and wear an Akko right. bomber jacket. <laughs> You think Linny appreciates another sponsor sliding into the, <laughs> the, budgies, the budgie segment? No, I don't think so. No. Any pair. What would I get? Wait, what about... <laughs> why, why did I just think about getting a pair of reflecting like glass budgies so oh, that yeah. just reflect the light into other people's eyes? Oh, you just want to inflict pain on people. That's right. Yeah, yeah just, draw, just draw the attention to the eyes, yeah. but also... That'd be, a good, tri- that'd be that? a good trick in the tubs if like people want to inspect the size of your penis, which yeah. is normally what happens. If you actually took your pants off and somehow you just had reflectors there, they're going, oh, my God. Oh, like, fuck. Fucking that penis my is so eyes. big, it's blinding me. Yeah. Actually, it was just a, it was just reflecting budgies. I don't know. What, what's, what's, what's the design I'd really like? Maybe just some of my favourite albums. Oh, yeah. Just think about that, yeah. yeah. Think about some of the favourite albums. Yeah. For me, my favourite album yeah. wow. of all time. Uh, is Kanye West 2010? Right, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite album of all time. I tell so you what, I made a mind. Is that? So you, yeah, that, there is some good designs there. Mm-hmm. I made a mind uh, on a group thread last night. Was sending through some Radiohead covers. Like oh, you yeah, say, that's nice. a good cover album. Mm. And he sent through um, one of uh, their song "No Surprises" mm-hmm. and like dark dark song. And obviously the cover version just prompted me to want to listen to the original. Of course. Fuck, it's a tune, mate. Radiohead has some tunes. Happy mm. to say that. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. A big time. Uh, Are people going to write in and be like, mate, Radiohead, what, what do you reckon? Uh, probably, mate. They're fucking right in saying <laughs> yeah. Why are you else. wearing that? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Why do you like yeah. that song? Yeah. Uh, I just, yeah, <laughs> uh, it, 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 got a few, it got a few spins this morning. <laughs> yeah, Radiohead, yeah. I, I was actually late no to Radiohead. No surprises, and that's what I'd hope people would think. Okay, computer is a is a great album. Uh, Budgiesmuggler.com. And finally, he goes. 
please. Before we go to this interview, it's sponsored by T20 Stars, a new offer. And this is a, an interesting offer. Mm-hmm. Here you guys. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me read it to you. I've, I've been asked to, I've been given a rough script, but I actually want to stay uh, authentic to the script. Okay. So let me read this out. Listen up. If you haven't been listening before, this yeah. sort of just been ru- rolling through your head for some reason for uh, an hour 20. Yeah. Um, <laughs> T20 stars, ladies and gentlemen, lady and gentlemen, are so confident <laughs> that you will love their gloves and pads. And listen to this. They are offering a 30-day free trial with all gloves and pads from the junior and senior ranges. Okay. So I'm going to say that's the whole range. Okay. Okay. 30-day free trial. Uh Noting this, just the way Watto batted. So this is an entre- entrepreneurial thing mm-hmm. from Watto. Mm-hmm. He liked to do things differently, and he's doing the same with his business and his product range with his T20 Stars business. You can test out the gloves and pads from junior and senior range for 30 days, and if you feel they're not the right fit or not what you're after, you can send them back for free and get a full refund. What? You're talking, no, about, you're talking about free trial of kit. Free trial of kit. What? Free trial of Watto kit that Watto's hands have been all over. All over it. Those big old thick mitts from <laughs> f- first slip. <laughs> this would have to be the, – the, look, this is in the script, but I, I also I believe it's true. Okay. It would be the only cricket brand offering this risk-free and worry-free trial. I bet it is. So, so That's unbelievable. Because they're, cu- they're cutting out the middle person, I believe you'd say. Mm-hmm. They're cutting out the retail, the big retail boys. Mm-hmm. And this is their way of saying to you, the caring about the customer, yep. look, you don't get to touch them, feel them or whatever. I'm going I'm to circumvent the issue that you may think you've got about getting cricket kit online because you want to pick it up, all that. You want to go through that ritual of touching, yep. feeling. But they're letting you touch and feel and see it. Yeah. Yep. They're letting you have the kinesthetic awareness of the kit on your hands and your, out, and your legs. They're cutting out the they-thems, the he-she's. Okay. And uh, the him-hers. Exactly. They're, cu- they're cutting out all of that and letting you letting you feel. And if you don't like it, you can send it back. This this business is onto something. You can, uh, I'm ra- actually I'm, I'm shook go- by this. I didn't You're know. Bit, I didn't, yeah, I mean, I look, I look at know. us. We thought that was part of the ritual. You can, you can make that part of the ritual. Free trial. Free trial 30 days. Do what you like with it for 30 days. Not bad, Pez. Do what you like with it I'll for tell you 30 what, it's not, days. It's not bad. Have a look at it. Free trial. Pads and gloves, junior and senior range. Is there a code? Not for this because it's free. Yeah. Understand? See? That was a test. Visit www.t20stars.com to order some of the best cricket products online. All right. Not bad. Nick Larkin, here he is. MS. 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 Thought your thought your thought your thought your head cuts out, MS. MS, MS, MS. They're nervous. They're nervous. They're nervous. They're nervous. They're nervous. They're nervous. Heavily, heavily nervous. Fucking car. Fucking breathing heavily nervous. Running, running car. Car, 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 car,
Okay, the guy we're talking to today has 2,000 runs in 43 first-class games. He's got four tons, 850s. He's a mainstay at the Stars, who is with now. He's played cricket for Ireland, according to Crick Info, uh, who don't normally lie about these things. No, uh, and he's and, and this is a quote that I got. He's, he's one of the three best people that Ed Cowan has ever played cricket with, and Ed has played cricket with Kevin Peterson. Uh, so... <laughs> I'm talking about Nick Larkin. Nick Larkin, welcome finally to the great cricketer. I'm stoked, yeah. I've actually been accused of um, being the great cricketer in the past, so I'm happy to to meet you guys um, on face or digital face anyway. It's awesome. Really? really? We, let's, let's, let's deep dive can that. We, can we just go straight into yeah, that? What, like, do, what year was that? This is, this is many, many moons ago when you guys first started um, getting a bit racy on Twitter and stuff like that, and um, a friend of mine that I went to college with, he He'd seen me play cricket and stuff, grade cricket for Sydney Uni, and he said, you're not the grade cricketer by any chance, are you? And I was like, no, like I am a grade cricketer, but no, I'm not. Um, I took it as a compliment, so there you go. Thanks. <laughs> kind of you to say. Well, look, it's been a while since I've been able to ask this authentically. I used to do it all the time. Mm. But, you know, what? what is your relationship to grade cricket? Uh, a fairly strong one, I guess. I... I logged down to Sydney as a country player in 2008 and uh, ended up playing a lot of grade cricket before I debuted for New South Wales. So I played sort of six years of a mix of first and second grade before eventually debuting um, for in first-class cricket. So, yeah, very strong relationship to grade cricket and, and probably played, um, I don't know, maybe close to 200 first-grade games. So lots. Yeah, yeah. I love it. It's great. You've- Really? Wow. That's, oh, and, you okay. say, yeah. and you've got a very clean, like, happy face as yeah. well when you say that. That must belong. Actually, there's a shadow cast over the one half of your face. So, <laughs> And that's quite appropriate for grade cricket, you know? Like, yeah, because it has two faces at least. At least, yeah. Look, I don't love all of it, but I don't think anyone loves all of cricket. Um, most of it's fielding and most of fielding's terrible. Uh, <laughs> most of batting is watching other guys bat which is also terrible um and i've never bowled so but i'm led to believe that that's quite painful so <laughs> cricket is misery but like there are some good moments i'm lucky i've got a really great club in sydney um which i think makes all the difference to whether you ultimately enjoy it or not so yeah pretty lucky there can you give some clubbies out there some hope nick because we we just want to like we look at the tv and we think i could do that of course mm. we can't but like are you a guy who's uh, – you played six years for ones and twos, but have you played every grade as well? Is there a guy in fifth grade now who thinks if I just go hard for five years, I can play, you know, a couple of big bash games, which if Omicron keeps going, maybe they can, but <laughs> – uh, I didn't play fifth grade, but I did debut in fourth grade when I moved to Sydney from the country. So, okay. yeah, maybe not fives, but like fours. There's definitely <laughs> hope there. Sorry, fives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I often cop a bit of stick from my older brother was a much better cricketer than me, but um, he got stuck in third grade. He calls it like, you know, gee, like the sticky grade. He says it's where cricketers go to die. Um, And he sort of got stuck there and stalled there. And I I luckily skipped from fours to twos, um, which, yeah, you know, maybe might have been the making or breaking of of me as a cricketer. All right. Well, you've said, you've just said publicly that your brother, Who's your, who's your brother? Uh, like, like he's a better cricketer than you. Uh, oh, he was, he was, he was, yeah, he was. Not mm. anymore. I mean, <laughs> did he play first class cricket or? No, he played a lot of first grade cricket. Um, 
but he was, you know, he was my older brother. So like your whole childhood, yeah. you're sort of just trying to catch up to them um, and play as good as them. But I still remember the game where I thought, I think I'm finally better than him. Um, <laughs> it was a second grade game at North Sydney and we were opening the batting together and he just like left a straight ball that hit him in front of middle stump. And he walked past me on his way off and he goes, did that do anything? And I said, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh. this is it. I'm finally better than my brother. <laughs> wow. Missing out at North Sydney number two as well. That's terrible. Um, well, uh, just sticking, sticking with grade cricket and, and you're a first-class cricketer, but you're here. So can you explain the like the specific place of Sydney University in the – Sydney grade cricket diaspora because as I see it firstly I want to know how somebody lands at Sydney University given that it's got you know by its name no junior system or whatever like what is it that leads somebody to Sydney Uni is it the kind of the the desire for a more white collared uh, grade cricket experience or a more rounded experience are, are we looking for university scholarships are you just are you tertiary minded uh, just just run us through how you land at Sydney Uni and why um, I think from the outside looking in, everyone thinks it's like way more than what it is, the whole <laughs> university. I think it's the same in every uh, every competition around the country, whether it's Adelaide Uni or Queensland Uni or blah, 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 blah. They're all hated for whatever reason because they go to uni and mm. there's all these same jokes that get perpetuated all it's around the country. It's anti-intellectualism, um, rampant. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No one's a smart guy in the cricket team. Mm. Um but anyway, I, I just followed that older brother that I talked about to Sydney Uni. He'd sort of just come down to Sydney the year before. Um, you know, Sydney Uni had this weird thing going on at the time where the guy who was the head coach, Matthew Phelps, who formerly played for New South Wales, mm. was also the director of country cricket. So he sort of had like a uh. foot in the door of what was going on in the country and he happened to just be quite smart about it and recruit a bunch of good players from around sort of Newcastle and the North Coast and things like that. So a bunch of us all just lobbed down to Sydney Uni at the same time. They do have those things like, you know, you're a good fit. You're going to university anyway. So, um, But ultimately I just followed my older brother down and, and ended up in the right place. I remember one of your brother's innings, I just got, got you on the show to talk about your brother, but Ben, he played. He opened the batting in a second grade grand final in 2013 he got 150, and he faced 498 balls uh, to, to basically bat Parramatta out of the final. I don't know if they had a stick that day, but, uh, but yeah, he was a good player. Um, <laughs> just, yeah, you looked that up on my Yeah, no, I just I remember it. I remember it. I remember, I remember yeah. that. It was a, we're, we're still gutted that he missed his 500 there because I don't <laughs> think he'll get another chance. But, yeah, I, I was actually at work because the grand final starts the Friday. Yeah. They won. He was captain. He won the toss. They batted. And... I'm following it online at work and I was like, man, he's scoring slowly. And he actually got to 100 and decelerated. <laughs> and, yeah, he, uh, yeah, he batted the, the, the Parramatta guys. You still see them. A lot of them are still playing grade cricket. Some of them quit because they were so demoralised by this bloke facing 498 balls. <laughs> but they still talk about it as though it was like the worst two days of their life. <laughs> you should have apologised, yeah. yeah. I wonder what your experience, Nick, was of like, when you were growing up watching the like watching professionals, I suppose whether it be in Shield cricket or the Australian team, there was a real like aggro to it, and it's like still phasing out now. But when you come into like the professional realm now, especially like in the Big Bash, and especially at your team, the Stars now, there's so many like 
there's so many great guys at the stars. I'm talking about Stoinis or Zampa or, you know, or Maxwell, these kind of guys, actually really nice guys. Was your experience coming into the professional realm completely different to what you had envisaged or seen from the outside of what Australian professional cricket teams are? Uh my debut was against a pretty hardened Victorian side. So it was like smack. There it is. That's yeah, that was hard. Those guys were like, you know, veteran cricketers and mm. from that grizzled um, generation of players. So I, that really sort of smacked me in the face at first. I was prepared, you know, as prepared for something as you can be before it in terms of the mindset. And I still walked off after that game thinking, man, those guys went pretty hard. I think they meant some of that stuff. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Whereas can you, most can of the you paint time, a picture of that? Like, like yeah. I mean, maybe you're you're too wise to like say names or anything, but I mean that that uh, that Victorian side was particularly well yeah. known for being like, yeah. uh, let's call them euphemistically gri- grizzled veterans, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. like hard cricketers, yeah, yeah, yeah. coats. But what what what's that? What's it like? My cricket info link has a. Link to the scorecard, right? So you can look up that list of players, yeah, and I don't yeah. need to name them. Mm. One of them's the coach of the team I'm playing for at the moment, and the other <laughs> one's Squint. <laughs> um, but they, they just played hard cricket where it's, you know, they probably don't mean it, but they want to make you feel like you don't belong at this level. Um, and that's just part of the game within the game. It happens in grade cricket as well. Oh, you'll be back to twos next week, mate. Don't, you know, same stuff, just. They're talking about you're back to grade rather than you're back mm. to first class, whatever. It's mm. yeah, but that was a t- that was a tough introduction to first class cricket. We had our uh, asses handed to us on a platter. Dave Hussey made us look like we we're bowling underarms. Um, I think Stoyne even took the new ball for them. I can't remember the exact details, yeah, but it was like they took the Mickey out of us properly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and Scott Bowling would have been the most vocal in that game because he took six for sixty-seven. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I remember that. Like, I didn't look that up. Like, I've actually felt this last couple of weeks, I've felt so much better about myself because Scott Boland is the guy who terrorised me the most. Mm. Like, just with his skill set in first-class cricket, the way he bowls, like, everyone describes, like, a hard length or whatever that even means. But, like, he actually bowls a hard length. Um, (laughs) And it nips back in at you. And I've I've watched him, like, terrorise these English batters. I'm like, you know what? That's okay. This is he's doing it to people in Test cricket as well. This guy is an absolute gun. Um, I'm stoked to see that he got a chance to play because he's sort of been, um, yeah, a class above first class cricket at least for a while. And just the Aussies are so good, the bowling attack's so consistent that it's hard to get a crack in that team. So good on him. I hadn't I hadn't realised this, Nick. I just uh, be, you've triggered the memory. I'm just looking up this team in this game that you debuted, and the team is Quiney, Stoinis, Dave Hussey, Wade, Hanscom, Christian, Tremaine. Hastings, Hastings, bowling, far and armor. It's a pretty good team. And, yeah, much chat up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. There's, like, a bit of a good cop, bad cop thing with them because, like, Rob Quiney, I don't know if you guys have spoken to him, yeah. but he's he's funny um, and he's sort of trying to – he's trying to be your mate and have some jokes and stuff like that out there. And then you've got um, the bad cops, which is sort of the rest of them except Farwad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that yeah, it was a pretty you know pretty harsh introduction to first class cricket. But that's it's sort of good as well because it makes you realise right that's how it's going to be. Better uh, better level up pretty 
exactly. Mm, mm. Oh, and you've, you've held your own as well, four tons, eight fifties as well. Yeah. I, I just know, but I mean, I think this is kind of following what Higos has said as well, Nick, and as a compliment to you, you can obviously string words together, a Sydney Uni product, and you have interests that go beyond cricket. Unbelievable stuff. But And, and I notice, you know, <laughs> Uh, you know, doing deep analysis into your um, Twitter timeline, you, you 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 tweet things like YouTube clips explaining how the economic machine works, and you, pro- you promote foundations supporting youth homelessness. And though it was admittedly five years ago, you pondered what Noam Chomsky would say about the player pay dispute, which yeah, it was five years ago. Like like you know, how rare a bloke are you considered in pro circles, and how does the economic machine work? <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out how the economic machine works. Fair it's enough. become way more complicated in the last two years um, or it's been revealed. I mm. can't decide which one. But, uh, yeah, I actually love Twitter um, and I think the pandemic is, yeah, it is. It has actually revealed Twitter to be this, like, brilliant learning. It's not just an entertainment tool, which is how you guys use it, but uh, the, there's just some people who I've followed on that and I love the fact that you can – like I've tweeted a few people who I've just like listened to their podcasts and stuff like that. And they just reply directly to you. I'm like, what do you mean you're replying to me? You're like world-class, uh, you know, world-class money expert or world-class psychologist or whatever. And like great uh, it still blows my mind that you can sort of interact with people like that. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Mm. Um, yeah. I noticed Nick, and I sort of want to like keep going with this. Uh, Stoyan, gave a great interview on the final word with Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon maybe a year and a bit ago. And it was, a, it was a lot more wide ranging than just his cricket. It was sort of about the man behind the man and his story. And it just, it was just a line he said at the end that stuck with me uh, about how, you know, cricketers of today, I'm sorry, I'm paraphrasing, but today they, uh, they talk about things beyond cricket. And I know Stoinis and Zampa and other guys, they, they joke about the Love Cafe or whatever, but he said this one line about how um, he and you talk about what it means to be a good man. Uh, and maybe this is what Higos was picking up on before. Uh, you know, we've talked about the old Victorian sides in the last generation, but do, do the players today, like yourself and whatnot, do, do they converse about things beyond cricket and maybe the kind of grade cricket conversations that we were having 15 years ago? Definitely. But I think it's like any, um, you know, any team or squad or workplace that you're involved with. There's some people who you click with on a certain level and others that you don't. Um, and some people that you only reveal a certain side of you to and others that you don't. And as you say, there's definitely an image that comes across with certain people because you get to know them as the player, not so much as the person. Um, I would say Stoin is a bit like an onion. There's, there is layers to the big guy, um, but most people get caught up in the outer layer, which is like the tan and the muscle and the, all that stuff. Um, but, you know, most guys, you know, most guys, if you get to know them, no more than their cover drive or their leg grants or their bouncer or whatever. So, yeah, definitely. Um, and I think something like the Big Bash or the leagues around the world have probably changed the way that players interact because you just become mates with guys that you would have only ever known as adversaries in the past. Mm. So I think it's fantastic like that. And the league, you know, if you go and play with a guy for two months and you're travelling around together and you're socialising together and getting to know each other, when you go back to play against them in a hardened first-class environment, you still want to beat them, but ultimately you know them as a person. So it's um, it just takes the 
air out of that contest a little bit or the, the edge off it, I should say. But I don't really want him to get hurt or his life to be a misery or anything like that. So no. I think the, um, the club environment of the Big Bash and maybe the uh, the nature of 2020 league cricket around the world now probably has added to that a bit. But, yeah, guys, guys, you know, these are all people as well. <laughs> these are all people. Well, you're, you're, all, you're all just entertainment products to us. Yeah, I turn the TV on, that's your life, and then I turn it off and I don't really mind. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, Nick, um, speaking of, you know, knowing about uh, things outside cricket, you know, my understanding is, again, through deep analysis, that, you, you know, you're very big on, uh, you know, cryptocurrency, crypto versus, is it fiat, fiat? I, you know, I don't know what we're talking about here. Um, I, I know a lot of pro sports guys are into this. I mean, we're getting approaches from people telling us to turn our tweets into NFTs. I mean, can you know, can you, can you, ex- <laughs> and so just leaving it, uh, could, you know, should we, should we be exploring? Should TGC be exploring our tweets as NFTs or what? Um, look, the whole NFT thing, I'm a bit like, uh, who knows, but like the Bitcoin thing, I'm, I'm going to try an orange pill, as they say in the industry, your yes. audience right now. So, yeah, um, yeah. This whole this whole last two years, I've I wouldn't say I've spent two years down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, but with uh, an increased amount of time, um, say through chunks of being stuck in a room or or not being able to go places, like listening to different podcasts, reading different things, sort of wondering, ultimately trying to ask myself the question, what is money? And there's actually a great podcast out there called The What Is Money Show by Robert Breedlove, who is one of the guys who replied to one of my tweets. So Hell boom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So go Bitcoin. There's actually a bit of Bitcoin movement in the stars camp. Uh, your Coulton Isles of the world, your Stoinis, mm. Zampas, Cartwrights. Mm. Um, yeah. So I'm uh, consider me orange peeling your audience right now. Mm. What does Check that mean? Mm. What does it mean? Uh, to orange orange like, you know how like the Bitcoin la- labels like orange. Yeah, oh, right. Um, yeah. They just say like, yeah, you've been orange pilled once you like once you're like in on Bitcoin or you're sort of trying to get your head around understanding the purpose of it. Uh-huh. I guess you're bull- without sounding like too much mm. of a nerd to your. I still want your audience to think of me as like an athletic sports person. So <laughs> okay, I don't yeah. want to sound too much of a nerd here. Yeah, yeah. Who was cool. the nerd guy you guys had on <laughs> talking about Bitcoin and oranges and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> David Hussey. Uh, they were talking. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, Hussein. He's, he's he's more of a Dogecoin guy. Um, yeah. We're talking before about uh, you know being a nice person and stuff, but let's talk about your cover drive. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know like how much better you get as a player when you enter the professional realm, like because there are, there are all around the country, every city with with Premier Cricket. There's there's guys who dominate first grade or have really good records in first grade. But then they play a second 11 game. Maybe they play four or five second 11 games, and they can't quite replicate what they do, even though they're playing against broadly the same players, you know, same quality of players. But then some guys get into the system and turn professional, and then they are exponentially better players because they are full-time cricket and they're around better players, better environment, whatever. Did you experience that when you got into the system that you became a significantly better player? I think I improved in some ways and probably like was the same in other ways. I I think the initial experience is, oh, I'm a professional cricketer now. I need to practice all day. Mm. Um, I think I ended up just over-practicing a lot with no real purpose to it. When I look back on it, I think, oh, what a waste of energy some of that crap Mm. was. Mm. Um, Whereas other guys, you know, would really – 
maybe they click with a coach or a batting coach or or suddenly they've got all the resources and the time to to put towards it. So I actually think you know I was I was lucky that my club always was pretty well resourced in terms of having decent coaches and facilities. So I probably didn't need to train any more than I did. Mm. And then just suddenly, oh, you're a pro. I felt guilty when I wasn't training. And then I sort of come full circle now on that. I'm like, oh, you just end up tired and sort of making um, mountains out of molehills sometimes. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think it can work differently for different guys. Uh, some guys put, you know, I certainly put first-class cricket up on a pedestal when I first started playing because you've been trying to, you know, pursue it. It's your dream, I guess, to go and play um, even second, even sometimes to get a second eleven berth can just take years and years and years of grafting grade cricket. Mm. You get the berth and you heap so much pressure on yourself to succeed. Whereas, as you say, you're probably playing on a better batting wicket against arguably similar bowlers because you know they're playing for they're the equivalent of the best grade cricketers from another state. Mm. So, uh, I think a lot of it's just how you deal with the the mental side of it. And I think some guys just have the beautiful mind. The beautiful batter's mind for me is the mind that doesn't think. Mm. It's a non-thinking brain, whereas the analytical brain can be really helpful at times, but <clears throat> a real <laughs> a real disaster at other times because you just tend to overthink everything and forget this is just a, it's just a bloody cricket ball, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah. Have, have you had to work on that yourself as somebody who's clearly got an uh, excellent intellect? Like one of my observations of interviewing uh like pro cricketers over like four or five years is that you can't draw too many uh, connections about all of them. But one thing I think you can say about pro sports people is that they tend to have this incredible clarity of mind, regardless of their intellect or whatever they achieved at school or whatever. And I, and I say you speaking really clearly about stuff as well. Have you had to work on uh, developing that clarity of mind and putting things in perspective as somebody who clearly has other interests and things that you think about, uh, you're probably an analytical person. I mean, how, how have you managed that process? It's like learning not to think is how I try and describe it to like uh, other batters or who I see that just have the same kind of mind as me, which happens to be heaps of the guys I play cricket with at Sydney Uni. Anyway, I'm like, no, this is like, I've got your style of mind. Don't overthink this. Um, so it's almost just like getting to know your own style of thinking a bit. I think some guys who have the, the less analytical mind maybe just need a really good coach around them who, who can sort of – they're so gifted, some of these guys, are so gifted in terms of their hand and their eye and their skill that they sort of just need to be pushed in the right direction um, and, and just be almost be like told what to do. And then, then they're just this physical vessel to execute <laughs> what a coach wants. Uh, whereas a coach for, for me would be someone who can just be like, hey, just don't think about it, mate. Just like actually just trust that you're better than what you probably think you are and go and just watch the ball um, because you've put the work in. Don't turn that into something that it's not. So I've bumped into a few coaches across my time who have been excellent like that. They just sort of get the difference between this style of person and this style of person and that you've got to almost coach them differently. Um, yeah, so there's definitely... There's definitely, yeah, I, I just consider it broadly, I'm sure there's more, but two categories of player like the thinker, tinker, stinker, which is me, you know, you think, so you think you're a thinker, you start to tinker, you have a stinker. That's sort of how I think about it. And mm. then you've got like the beautiful mind over here, which is just like, see the cricket ball, hit the cricket ball. And it never becomes more complicated than that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I was still thinking about being orange peel before. Um, <laughs> like with a peeler as well. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll be thinking about it all day mm. and buying uh, Bitcoin after this. Uh, just yeah. to, to, to current uh, issues or matters, Nick, uh, the, big, the big bash is, I guess, going ahead. You guys have played six less games than the top of the table, Perth Scorchers. I think that's right. Um, what's going to happen for the rest of the series? Like, is, are you guys expecting to play every game? Because you've got to catch up like nine games in four days. So how does that work? Uh, yeah, it's we got set the schedule yesterday and it's pretty bonkers. Um, I guess for what you're used to, which is sort of play a few days off, play, you know, maybe a, maybe a period where you get four or five days off. We've got five day, games in seven days. Wow. Like we play tonight and then two o'clock tomorrow. So it's a pretty, it's almost like go to bed, wake up, go to the next game. Um, it'll be hectic, but I think we've sort of just realised that the, the show must go on at all costs. As uh, you know, as long as there's people running around in coloured clothes, and <laughs> ideally that they're, they're mostly, uh, ideally they're people who we originally had on our list at the start of the tournament. But if not, well, so be it. Um, so yeah. I'm uh, I'm just sort of not thinking, which is hard, you know. I'm I'm one of the thinker people that I was describing, yeah. so I've decided I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to turn up when there's a game scheduled and try and watch the ball and hit it. And uh, <laughs> that's that's me for the next week. And at the end of the week, we'll either know if we're in the finals or not. <laughs> that's what they want from you, man. They want you to switch off so yeah. you don't think. You just <laughs> yeah. hit the ball. Yeah. Shut up and dribble yeah. stuff. Um, <laughs> As an economically minded guy, Nick, who has played red ball cricket for New South Wales and now plays in the BBL as well, uh, you know, is is your how do you, how do you manage your cricket career balancing those two things? I know it's a little bit of a cliched question. I'm sure you got dreams in all sorts of places and and whatnot. You know, is that difficult? How do you think through that uh, to the best of your ability? In terms of the white ball, red ball thing, like it's not such an issue for me this year because I haven't been playing for New South Wales. Uh, but I always struggled. I felt like I played really well the first half of the Shield season, go away, play some good white ball cricket, come back and not be able to play good red ball cricket at the end of it. So, like it seems as though, like I found it really hard personally going back from mm. – um, a couple of months of trying to hit, you know, stop leaving balls outside off stump and start trying to hit the ball a fair bit harder. And there's almost two different techniques sometimes um, to how you go about hitting, you know, approaching the game, like timing versus power hitting. Um, and I always struggled to bring them bring them back together. Um, so, yeah, I'm probably not the best guy to ask. There's some guys who, who seem to do it pretty um Maybe they're the the non-thinkers that just able to cruise back between <laughs> formats pretty easily. But I think they're the exception, not the rule. To be honest, I think most guys battle going between one and the other. Um, yeah. yeah, Nick, uh, you've given us more time than I asked for. Uh, thank you, and I know you've probably got to go and and play the game and watch the ball and train and that kind of thing. So, I really appreciate it. Love to catch up with you again, especially if we're able to do it uh, in person and and learn more about Bitcoin and all else. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, check out Robert Breedlove on Twitter in the meantime. Maybe you guys can uh, get around him. He's got a blue tick as well. So <laughs> if, I haven't, if I haven't orange peeled you guys, which I think I've done a pretty bad job at, he definitely will. <laughs> Nick Larkin, thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Cheers.
All right, thank you very much, Nick Larkin. There, uh, Manscapers, manscapes.com, use the code TGC for 20% off and free shipping. Look, he goes, the ball has officially dropped on 2022, and uh, but you don't have to drop the ball on your balls. Finally. It's time you bring sexy back in 2022 and step up your game with Manscapes Performance Package 4.0. Using the code TGC for 20% off plus free shipping. We've already talked about how it's all the trappings for the eyes and it's well presented and all yeah. that kind all that kind of gear. Yeah. Uh, I've just been a I've just been a week in ISO. And I tell you what, like for anyone who's gonna do that and it feels like you either have or you're about to, yep. uh, anywhere around the world. That's right. You wanna keep you wanna keep your respect up for yourself. Oh, uh, I've learned yeah, that the yeah, hard yeah. way. Oh, I yeah, learned that the yeah, hard yeah. way vis a mm-hmm. uh, food consumption. Oh yeah, and up. uh you know, sleep, etc. First few days, you, you sort of want to treat yourself because you're like, oh, I'm in ISO. Let's yeah, yeah. just let, hey, let's what, let what it, makes let's, me feel good. Let's let it all hang out. But after a few days, you want to sort yourself out, and a Manscaped product can be part of that. A Manscaped product can be part of your rejuvenation from isolation. That's a great sell. Yeah, that's a great. Sell. What about this for a sell? Uh, it's time to ramp up your exercise and grooming routine this year for maximum gains. A six pack is a great news resolution, but how about a six pack for your balls? <laughs> never get tired of saying that whether whether you want a six pack for your balls yeah. and now I'm imagining a defined six pack on my testicles um me too i don't i've never thought i wanted that or it's about just helping yourself through iso or post iso whatever mm-hmm. it is for you mm-hmm. performance package 4.0 it's the comprehensive approach you're going to get the actual shaver Thing, clipper, whatever you fucking whatever you fucking call it here, and all of the all the trappings around it, mm. your crop preserver, your mm. ball deodorant, mm. some shit for your feet, whatever you want. Uh, that the whole thing is going to be pampered and ready, right? Just look after yourself in ISO and beyond. Pampered. That's what I'm saying. Mm. You just everything. You just want everything. Just you just want to lift it up a little bit, mm-hmm. just a little. I'm not saying you got to get into consumption culture of needing to look good at all costs and all times or whatever. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, just. Just be dignified down there. Just give you, make sure you got a little bit of a regime at, at, at a base level. I like that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, big time. Just, I'm not saying it has to look. I'm not saying it has to be six pack or whatever. But just make sure you having having got the manscapes. Yeah. I feel I feel sorted out down there now, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I didn't realize that I wasn't mm. until that point. I mm. mean, I was enough, but yeah. I, it's, it's it's new, it's fucking clean, yeah. it's easy to do. Yeah. Manscape four point oh twenty percent off plus free shipping. TGC manscape.com. You're gonna get twenty percent off. Hashtag ask TGC. As we've said many times in the past, uh, patreon.com forward slash great cricketer. You can get hashtag RCGC Fridays as well as the dailies for our Ashes reviews at the end of day's play and also South Africa India dailies as well. Here's what we spoke about last time on hashtag RCGC Fridays. Hashtag RCGC Fridays. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, this is a fucking job for the AFP, this bloke. <laughs> like, <fuck laughs> it's, it's this line. I don't see anything wrong with finding joy in standing in the sun for the day, not looking at screen slash social media, chatting shit with your mates. But when the moment comes, having full focus on the play and being ready to stop anything. Uh, I mean, where do you start with that sentence? Like, (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag ask TGC Fridays at patreon.com forward slash great cricketer. Let's get into this week's. Hashtag I said you see prayers from Mark Willis. And he starts to the late, great Pesman Tutu. And I presume he's going to go for Socrates. So how would I say that? Higocrates. Pesman Tutu and Higocrates. 
Happy New Year to you, or is it? As I'm sure you two gentlemen are are already aware, the Asian century is now actually in control of time. Yes, as it tightens its grip on cricket, is it time to accept the new world order and as such view our whole existence through the prism of the Chinese calendar? So I implore you to throw out war, Ponting Kardashian and all other other old gods of the West and say hello to our new titanic deity that is the Asian century. And I'll tell you why. 2021 was the year of the ox, a notoriously strong animal with broad shoulders and enviable chest. It might might not be the most skillful, but it is an indisputable alpha of the animal kingdom. So... It should have come as no surprise that Australia's brash and alpha brand of T20 World Cup cricket dealt with all comers and their weak analytical matchup shit. Save that for the year of the rat, you fuckwits. Australia even had a uh, bovine middle order bat in the bison. How did we not see this coming, for fuck's sake? I am reliably informed by Reddit that oxen are also good at winning coin tosses, but the luck didn't start there. <laughs> Don't forget this tournament was originally meant to be played uh, in 2020 outside the realm of the Ox and geographically outside of Asia. Mitch Marsh must have been fucking elated when he heard there was a global pandemic brewing to delay the tournament. Even when the Asian sides don't win, they are still in control of every worldly happening. But the mythically Ox-powered Australians didn't finish there. The well-pectorally endowed thoroughbreds of Cummins, Stark and Bush Horse Hazelwood have also told England to fuck off in the ashes, with Omicron rampant in England in scenes akin to World War Z, enduring nights without sleep due to chest pain must be commonplace. And even when they're well, they cannot escape their searing searing lungs and insomnia because they've got no fucking bats and they're subjected to shithouse commentary. But this is by far... (laughs) this This is far bigger than the struggles of one nation. With the unstoppable force of the Asian century rolling on into command of the space-time continuum, I'm afraid. I am afraid. Will, will there be no limits to the powers of the Asian century? With 2022 welcoming in the weapons-grade threatening aura of the Year of the Tiger, could the Asian century conquer fear itself? And through this, govern us all? Bangladesh being New Zealand must just amuse Bush? This is some iRobot shit. Fuck. Now I regret getting my vaccines. Is Pat Cummins the Will Smith of this scenario? Please help me navigate the choppy waters of the inevitable. Cheers, Willow. Uh, hey, Willow, great piece. And I think that... has a piece on it. We should... Well, let us know, Willow. <laughs> I think we should take that as a as something to be explored over time in the same way that you mm. know, many will argue that the Asian century hasn't yet been realised. And because I think Willow's asked as big a question as ever been asked. Yeah. On uh, big um, questions. Like on this podcast yeah. in this entire universe. Like, yeah, and I, some big and stuff. I don't know how to navigate those choppy waters just yet other mm. than like I'm watching it. And I think introducing the, the, Chinese years. What do you call them again? The uh, oh, I've got the like wrong. like the animal names for the years. Yeah. I don't know what that's called. Ah oh, shit! I just had it anyway. Um, that's a really good. That's a really good uh, introduction to the way we talk about what's going to happen. Mm. What happened last year? What's going to happen this year? I never mm. thought about mm. Australia winning the T Twenty World Cup because it was the year of the ox and their four chests. Yeah, I and really I, what, what year is twenty twenty two? What, what, what? Uh, tiger is it? Okay, so Bangladesh. Well. He said, with 2022 welcoming in the weapons grade threatening yeah. aura of the year of the tiger. The tiger. Could the Asian century... Yeah, well, it's Bangladesh shit. Yeah, and that's Asian century shit as well. Exactly. Uh, 
and they've just beaten New Zealand. Yeah, he's he's got it all. Yeah. Hey, I think we need to take it on like notice and and to kind of build this out. I, I'm I'm never ever going to try and mm. uh, give Willow or anybody else any kind of comfort. In, That's not what uh, the show is. Other than to say like as Paul Keating suggested, that we embrace the Asian century. Australia's mm. more in Asia than anywhere else. Yeah. Just to a point, though, you know, and yeah. then we can kind of rest on our Anglo friends when we need to do that That's and right. get caught in the middle a little mm. bit. And, uh, you know, my lecturer was right in 2003. I would suggest Western Australia should be very careful about their plan to secede uh, because that would mean that they have no uh, military to defend themselves when China well, Cameron Green packs up that land. That's a good point. How and big Justin is Justin Langer. How tall is he, do you reckon? Mm. Militarily. Speaking, he looks big at gully. Weapons you. grade. He looked big when he was on his knees as that uh, speak pipe came in from that uh, young lady. Do you ever look at his face on camera Never and his go face. and go? You know what? When he's captain in ten years' time, his face is going to look uh, like because as a captain, he's going to look chiselled and we'll know the face That's really right. well. But probably like, a bit of a beard. But we're going to look back at the face now and go, oh, it's a bit of a baby face, yeah. isn't oh, it? Oh, look how young he looks. Yeah, he looks really young. Yeah, still got a little bit of that stuff around the cheeks so that'll be hollowed out. That was back when he had both arms. Mm. Something's going to happen. There you go. That's something to lead into the fifth Cameron and Green's, final test Cameron match. Green's going to lose. Something's going to happen. Cameron Green's going to lose an arm. Jesus Christ! Hey, hell of a show. Thanks to Nick. Thank you to Barney. Thank you to you guys out there. See you guys on Patreon during the week or YouTube or wherever the fuck we're going to be next.